0: my mic particularly long, or is it just me?
1: Uh, uh, now it's better. You started off very quiet.
0: Mm. Uh, I guess yeah. ah, I'm using, I updated my Mac OS version. I think I might be getting what you used to get in terms of the initial pickup. So, yeah, it's obviously recalibrating itself, and it seems to have yeah, done you so. fine now, yeah. Anyway, so um, I have quite a few topics, and I'm sure you have a few topics, so why don't we start with your topic? You're sure I only have a few, huh? <laughs> oh, you may have a lot. Let's get started.
1: It sounds like uh, we're in prolonged nights. Well, it could be, could be. Well, no, you know, the only really thing, you know, I don't even think about this until just now, the last few minutes. I've been thinking, well, what the hell's been on my mind this week anyway? You know? uh, yeah. And, you know, I'm really impressed by Watson. I think this is going to, I think that's a historic event. You know, it's, it's more than uh, Deep Blue beating Kasparov. That was good. That was a historic event, too. But uh, Watson is awesome. I'm just blown away by that. I mean, it's, it's just a program, but damn, <laughs> what a program.
0: Well, I must be living under a rock because I have not heard, unless, is Watson this Google thing? No, Watson
1: is the IBM thing uh, that took on the Jeopardy uh, TV, oh,
0: okay. TV program. You don't know about that? I'm, my in-laws are Jeopardy fans. I remember hearing about it probably uh, maybe more than a year ago ah. uh, in terms of it being in development. Well, it but, wiped,
1: the, it wiped them out. Uh The two best all-time Jeopardy trivia champions in the world in a program that uses lots of puns and very obscure references, and it wiped them out.
0: Uh Uh-huh. And I guess... Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of would assume that that would be the case. Well, I would assume
1: that, yeah, that they wouldn't have, they wouldn't have been there if they
0: weren't pretty sure that they were going to win, <laughs> you know. Mm. Yes, I, I guess these kind of problems. Yeah, I don't know. It's okay. So, well, the uh, thing is, it's uh, basically so a- open ended.
1: You know, it, it's not a specialist. You know, it's it's dealing with questions from on topics that, you know, that they couldn't predict. So it's, it's got to know a, a lot, or it's got to know about as much as it can know. And and that's, I mean, and the two best humans who have ever done that, and it just wiped them out.
0: I don't know, I'm impressed by that. Hmm. For me, it just doesn't seem like a fair comparison. I mean, I just, I'm assuming it, was it standalone, or did it have access to the Internet? No,
1: no, no, it had a huge, I think it had, like, 20 terabytes of... Yeah, so, I mean, No, I no it was it, offline. It's completely offline.
0: Even so, but, I mean, it's, it's, it's absorbed considerably more information than we could ever get access to. I guess this well, just points no, well, to well, but, singularity but, but No,
1: it didn't really have any... Well, it, I mean, that's the, sort of the issue, is it didn't really have more than those... We don't know what the humans have. I mean, really, you know, idiot savants, uh, te- show us that, you know, our brains are capable of, of things that are really almost unimaginable. At least Certainly. it seems to me that that's the case. And, mm. uh, and especially that with, uh, with the pun nature of, I, I mean, I mean I, I've, I haven't, you know, I mean, I've, I have seen Jeopardy. I know how it works. And I followed this Watson thing. So now I, I'm pretty keyed into it. And the questions are tricky as hell. I mean they're full of puns and wordplay and words that sound like words that aren't those
0: words. The computers <laughs> are really good at doing that. I mean they do that phenomenally quickly, considerably faster than humans ever really could, even back in kind of 1980s pre-XT technology, computers were pretty well, good well, the at the computers being able are to-
1: fast at doing a lot of stuff, but be able to integrate all that and and in real time uh... with a human contestant beat him to the buzzer with the right answer <laughs> you know i don't know I mean, well maybe i'm just naive but i i think that is a, a major i think we're gonna start and of course they're already uh... to start backing that up with sales you know for i mean their first thing is probably going to be medical uh, you know assisting doctors and diagnosis and stuff and they've clearly got that already pretty well ready to
0: go Hmm. i guess i'm not easily amazed with regards to these things heron i i, I feel well the technology has been i
1: mean there's nothing phenomenal well what's phenomenal about it is that it's here i mean the idea is nothing big it's been around for 50 years in science fiction the idea of computers more or less dealing with people on that
0: level yeah, but uh, yeah. I, I do understand that it's an order of magnitude, maybe even probably two or three orders of magnitude better than the chess playing computers. But in terms of the ability to search uh, language and to create puns and to find obscure references and all the well, you know, right. first word, second word things, I mean, I, no, I guess right. it's technology. It obviously
1: yeah. is capable of doing that. that that's not yeah. what amazes me. What amazes me is making it work. All the technology is sort of there, but no one's been able to make it work
0: until now. Well, okay, this is another one of those. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to think which of the five stupidities it is, but <laughs> I don't think no one's ever been able to make it work, Karen. Oh, you have oh, not let been me, able to Let me to clarify see it. that.
1: Nobody I know of has been able <laughs> to make it work. Well, or yes, I've heard of. You know, yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, last night I dusted off, I wrote a spell-checking program with the view that it could also do uh, rhyming couplets and also find um, uh, optional spellings and actually do what you were describing in terms of yeah. the puns, although they're not that extreme. Yeah. And I wrote it quite a while back, but I just went back to the code to have a look at it. I don't think I've touched it since about 2005. And I think a lot of these problems are... I don't know, I mean... Well, I say
1: technologically, I don't see that. That's not the issue, as I say. What, 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 For me, what was impressive is watching it take place with two humans and seeing them humiliated. <laughs> you know? I mean, I wouldn't be impressed if they were doing long division, you know? And, of course, in some sense, that's all any of us are ever doing, really. But, mm. uh Well, like I say, I was just impressed. I don't need to, I don't want to convince you about anything. I'm just telling you that uh, I think that was a historic moment, you know.
0: Have you? Yeah, go ahead. Do you play chess at all? Yes. You play chess against computers?
1: No, no, I don't play chess at all anymore. I gave it up.
0: I Uh, got to the point uh, where it was either. Why did you give it up?
1: Because I don't like doing things half assed. I was getting pretty good, and uh, and it was basically uh, either give my life to it or quit because there was no mm. in between. So I quit.
0: Hmm. I guess my feeling with regards to chess, and I was on the chess team and all that kind of stuff, but only because I was really irritated by the kind of people that were on the chess team and just wanted to kind of stick it to them. Yeah. Um, which it doesn't is a take much to beat most people. I mean, if you read yeah. one book. <laughs> Yeah, no. or or yeah or if you read that book and then realize how to play against the rules in that book and everyone else is reading that one book yes yeah, um yeah. The, the thing that's I, I, I'm not the best chess playing barber though. my brother um was some kind of chess champion and would go down to pits and play old men yeah, yeah. Um, and he was he yeah but anyway, the thing that interested me about chess is that there came a point probably about 15 years ago, when uh, the GNU chess program was first put out, which was the closest thing to, um, I'm losing my mind with but was it Deep Blue? Was Deep Blue yeah. the chess playing? Yeah. So the, that was as pretty, as good as you could get to Deep Blue through open source methods. And that really was just a number of plays before finally you were in some checkmate situation. Yeah. And what I found with that was I was trying to maximize my play Time and moves uh, against <laughs> yeah, the computer because basically computer. exactly on. exactly <laughs> yeah no because the computer was basically process and my feeling with regards to things like Jeopardy is that it's the same kind of process but you're right it is a, it is a completely different problem space but it is a problem space with only one right answer typically, which is particularly oh, yeah, curious. Oh, yeah, It's a very
1: limited domain. I mean, it's certainly not yeah. anywhere close to sitting down and having a conversation with it.
0: Mm. <laughs> no. no, it's mm. just,
1: but again, for, uh, imagine it uh, for medical diagnosis, if you're just some GP sitting in the middle of some, you know, in South Dakota, and you got some guy in front of you having some weird stuff that you've never seen before, Mm. wouldn't it be nice to just run it through that and see what comes up an expert system that you can say, here's the, here's what this guy's got. Mm. What is, what should I look
0: for? So one of the companies that is based in Las Vegas, one of the software companies that I've, uh, had interactions with, does exactly that, but they do that for the healthcare companies to reduce people's trips to the doctor. Yeah. So basically, it's an expert system that, where people provide every bit of their medical information and do it over time, yeah. and it basically replaces going and seeing the doctor for a lot of things.
1: Yeah, that's, I think that's uh, got a huge uh, future. There's just all sorts of shit that we're wasting people's time with that, that could be dealt with uh, by, with a computer. Put, put even more people out of work, man. We'll all go on vacation. Yes.
0: Well, I and guess what about help doing- desks?
1: What about, you know, all the software company help desks? Yeah. At least I as a first the- layer.
0: Yeah, the problem is it won't be a first layer. I mean, even be it being a first layer is in and of itself. Well, whatever. But, I
1: mean, obviously, if you know how to use the system, you, you will... And, and, you know, there just needs to be a way to get through to a human, obviously. Mm. <laughs> For people who are in the know, but some naive user coming in, screw him. Let him, you know, I mean, let him work with but the But they system. are
0: the ones that don't know the terms. That's the well, difficult But they'll thing. learn it by being there, though.
1: I mean, if they're having a lot of problems, then they'll be there, you know, they'll learn it. And if not... It doesn't make any difference,
0: does it? So about 10 years ago, a friend of mine went to work for Apple. And Apple had a, like a goof reel, which literally came on five or six CDs, which was their worst Callers for technical
1: assistance. Oh, I bet that and, Yeah, um, I bet every was, company it, must have that. They, they, they record all that
0: shit. Clearly, right. yeah, yes. So, and <laughs> um, the thing that struck me is that most of the most of the goof reel was either people that were extremely. Irritated, yeah, which was typically pissed off in, and in, in whole. psychotic. Yes. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> I've heard some of those, yeah. And also, <laughs> people that basically didn't know the terms associated with the parts yeah. of the computer, so that, yeah. that level of communication wasn't there yeah. either. Yeah. They
1: didn't have a clue.
0: Th- yeah, it, but basically, yes. and I think that is the difficulty that expert systems will always face. That if they get yeah. irritated, I mean, even when I well, deal that's with the humans, point. At that point irritated. you have to give them to yeah. a human. You, you can yeah. give them an
1: option. You say, listen, clearly you're an idiot, and I can't deal with you because I'm only a computer. So you can hang up, or you can talk to a human. Which would you like to do?
0: <laughs> mm. So here's a question to you. Does 911 start doing this as well? Ah, I don't know.
1: Let me think about that for a second. Um, yeah, maybe not. I don't know. I mean, maybe someday, but I don't, I don't, I think that's a ways off. That really, I mean, they're, you know, milliseconds, you know. Well, of course, given the way most humans operate, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm assuming a really well-trained, intelligent, and conscious person, uh, working there. I I don't think any computer's even close to being able to deal with that. And that's, you know, like a suicide hotline or something, too. Again, I wouldn't want Watson there.
0: It's an interesting problem. It's something that I, the only, I mean, for me personally, the only reason that we have a television set connected to the outside world is so I can watch uh, Cops. <laughs> and I think uh, my my interest in watching Cops is precisely, well, firstly, it's mainly on Las Vegas. Yeah. So I get to see my the area that I live in quite frequently on <laughs> Cops. Uh, and it gives me a very real sense of the kind of crimes that are being committed yeah, in my yeah, area. Yeah, cool, but, yeah. Um, and it gives you a, a
1: really, a, a really, a particularly interesting view of humanity.
0: <laughs> the thing that interests me is that um, the criminal psychology is something, but also the way in which responses to nine one one calls go, and the whole interaction associated with that. I've never called nine one one in this country. I've had a circumstance where some people were smoking crack outside my kitchen window. And I decided that that wasn't a 911 occurrence. I just needed, and they were getting belligerent and not, you know, I'd go out and they'd get more and more belligerent. Um, well,
1: but I've like never. It's approaching
0: had, 9-1. Well,
1: at least call, working. not even not 911, but I'd certainly call the police.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I called the police, but just on, on the non emergency yeah, number, right, and it yeah. took them about an hour to arrive, by which time the Ouch. people have moved on the- I know. Uh, welcome to Vegas. Yeah. Um, But I can imagine certainly the circumstances, and we've talked a little bit about the concept of home invasion, I think in those circumstances really just giving your coordinates is the most important thing. And Once you've established your coordinates, which they can do anyway through a wide variety of things, literally just picking up the phone and calling and then giving some indication is probably all that is needed. Now, I do understand the whole concept of suicide. We spent some time on the Golden Gate Bridge uh, that has a phenomenal amount of suicide prevention information as you actually walk up to it, <laughs> um, which I've taken some photos of, which maybe actually become a show. That's um, great.
1: But, you know, uh, So there ought to be the other side of that. There ought to be equal time for those people who think, you know, yeah, you're fucked up, man. You're never going to amount to anything. You might as well just kill yourself, and the world will be better off without you. Yeah,
0: it's funny. You and I have a very similar view with <laughs> regards to suicide. So <laughs> maybe slightly more nihilistic than the general population there, and I'm just going to put that out there. but uh no certainly uh okay so uh, watson as a concept well i guess i'm post-singular so these kind of things never really the thing that would get give me a sense of wonder is i guess the human acknowledgement of the fact that these things exist and it's ironic because you are such i mean you are probably the number one reposter of kurzweil ai feeds in the world, I would assume, Heron, through your Facebook page. And I'm surprised that you're still not, you know, well, you're not sipping on the Kool Aid you know, heavily you know, enough. The
1: theory has is, is been there for a long time. There's nothing new there. But w- what I'm, what blows my mind is seeing it show up in reality instead of talk and books and, and articles with abstracts in scientific journals. Hmm. That's what blows my mind is that this shit's really starting to happen. That's, I mean, it's it's a long way yet, but like I say, from uh, like you were just saying, from uh... Deep Blue to Watson is several orders of magnitude, and that's only mm. what, fif- ten fifteen years now. I don't remember yeah. when was that ninety six or something when, when yeah uh,
0: maybe Deep a little Blue. bit. Uh, mm, I would say yeah, I would say mid nineties. Yeah, um, so fifteen years.
1: Yes. Uh, ago to to go three well anyway to go that far is pretty good and if we can if that kind of acceleration continues in another 10 or 15 years
0: what is that machine going to be doing <laughs> well what's the comparable game show i'm trying to think well like no, no it's not about a game show there is not
1: about that it's about sitting down and having a conversation with it
0: I think it's precise, I mean, what you're talking about here is the difference between what has been going on in academia or industry and probably, the, well, clearly the military for a good number of years now, now being shown on prime time television. I think your element of wonder is just part of the actual for, for display for all aspect of it uh, versus actually that the technology exists because, I mean, it's... For me, anyway, it's it's clear the technology exists. Oh, yeah, but, again, most...
1: Well, I'm, look, I, yeah, I'm looking at a global scale and how this is going to influence other people and how they think about things, in the, really on a much larger scale. Yeah, I mean, the technology is um, boring. <laughs> mm. I mean, on one level, there's <laughs> nothing new there. But uh, everything is getting... Fa- well, like I say, it, it just shows up as well i 'm happy yeah that 's all I can say um, i and I can see a use as a kind of personal assistant that I might have uh, that that I, from the time i 'm three years old and get my first baby proofed ipad uh, that it has it comes with an assistant that I spend my whole life with that I learn from that knows me better than anybody well better than any as far as a computer, or whatever that means, could do, uh, that this thing would be with me all my
0: life. But it's an assistant that is constantly being upgraded as well.
1: Well, it's not... uh, Well, it's like me, in that sense. It doesn't have a particular identity. It's just always in flux. There's some stable patterns in there, but uh, it's... It becomes sort of like an extension of me, I would think, or or I become an extension of it or something, or we come together on some level. I don't know. Mm. I mean, I'm already very dependent on my computer for all sorts of memory issues. I mean, I don't remember anything. My memory sucks anyway. It never has been very good. Uh, But I don't worry about that anymore, because between my iPhone and (laughs) iCalendar... If there's something I really need to take care of, uh, I put it in there, and it remembers it for me.
0: I'd be in bad shape without computers. Amen. Amen. I guess my interest is always pushing that a little bit further. And certainly, um, I mean, if we can start moving into some of the topics that I have, unless you want to talk more on on other things. No. This uh, has been a kind of recurring theme of... sorry.
1: Yeah, no, I'm through. I just was, like I say, Watson just blew me away. I'm just really uh, elated about it. Yeah. And I expect big things, uh, you know, real issues in the world over the next five years or so with respect to that.
0: But the actual technology within Watson has existed for more than 15 years. It just hasn't been rolled out in prime time. Yeah. Well no, no, that, that's, that this well, again have, is part of our stupidity. Okay, right, right. It's not that no, no like one I understand no, it. No, it's, it's just that
1: they've done it in their laboratories, uh, and yeah, I agree with you, yeah. But uh, to me, public image is, is a very important factor in the, the future of this planet. The, what, what people think is one of the factors I think we have to take into consideration and the fact that there's all sorts of great technology sitting in labs unknown by anybody except aficionados. uh, I say, you know, if you can get something out into the world, do it. Quit fucking around in the lab. And if not, fine, stay in the lab and keep working on it.
0: (laughs) So this is the antithesis of the language monkey narrative. Because what you're doing here is then appealing to the population versus appealing to the minority. No,
1: I'm not appealing. You- I'm just aware of the f- of the way the planet works, or a way the planet, or my a way of thinking about the way the planet works. Anyway, um, yeah, what people, what the vast. What the, all the unconscious language monkeys think, the programs, the stories that are running in their head, uh, have a huge influence on my life, on the price of things, on whether there's war or not. Uh, the way they think is really important.
0: Feeding on this idea, I appeared on talk radio on Saturday night uh, on Salt Lake City, Utah, K-Talk, And just prior to my hour on K-Talk, there was a fellow who was taking callers about how Obama was an alien and he was instructing the schools to, you know, teach his alien ways and all these kind of curious things. alien
1: from another planet or just not an American?
0: I wasn't clear. It seemed to almost (laughs) have some kind of alien from another planet element. But really, I wasn't listening in too deeply. I was just trying to set up my recorder so I could record the audio of my section and just get a sense <laughs> of what Kate talk salt lake city was really about yeah. with the view in large part as you've described that um maybe it is time to actually start not necessarily appealing to the masses but at least getting these ideas out there the thing that i found particularly curious i so i did an hour in fact um in the stone ape feed i put the audio uh and they invited me back on. Uh, it was a successful hour. And also they said that they are now being syndicated uh, nationwide. So I don't know what direction this whole thing will go, but basically I did my post-singular rap associated with, um, well, the fact that basically we're already here or past the singularity and we need to start having new thinkers and new ideas associated with that. But the interesting thing was, firstly, the format, because it was an advertised talk radio format, which meant that I had, I think, somewhere between 10 and 15 minutes worth of rap interaction time, and then the ads started rolling, and basically we just had to stop talking no matter where we were, yeah. which was very curious
1: Yeah, and
0: also, uh, well, I mean, you can imagine the whole reason that we do this is because I like having a long form discussion. I like being able to expand. I don't like multitasking. (laughs) Well, I think the other thing is that uh, it made me realize how, with ads, how short an hour really is. Yeah. And really, I need to almost think of this as a kind of uh, not even novella, almost like kind of abstract poetry period where, you know, I just have some kind of. Topic of discussion, and they were obviously throwing questions at me. There was a primary host and a couple of co-hosts, but um, we didn't get any callers' questions. Um, They asked pretty good, generalist questions, and basically, I was able to rebut some of the points. and I think they started to realise that they'd have to ask better questions. (laughs) and What actually happened was basically it was like a series of discussions that I've had previously kind of put together in a haphazard order. And it was very curious because I was quite tired at the time. I got back from um, my travels the night before and for a variety of factors, I hadn't slept particularly well. So I was already kind of short of sleep. And I think that in and of itself kind of slowed me down enough to actually fit into the format. Uh, But it was an interesting experience. I mean, I've appeared on the BBC and I've appeared on Australian public radio, um, but I've never appeared on an advertised, like, talk radio format. And it was really quite a curious experience, but it's one that I'm looking forward to kind of playing with going into the future, Uh, for exactly the reasons that you stated, but... um, some of these ideas could actually go out to a far broader it, audience it doesn't and hurt,
1: doesn't, anytime anybody wants you to talk about anything you like <laughs> to talk about i would say go for it
0: <laughs> i'm into that you know? so but yeah it was an interesting pull because it made me realize that a lot of what i've done over the past five years has been pretty good practice for these kind of very contrived but at the same point information you know the, the yeah. purpose is to get information out yeah um And what will be interesting in particular is You just have to
1: develop some canned talks, basically. Mm, Or or canned segments that you can put together any way you want to.
0: I think the idea is, particularly when they start getting live callers, that I need to make sure my chops are... And this was the thing coming into it. I anticipated that there would be live callers and that there would be creationists and a wide variety of other (laughs) folk who... I've interacted intellectually with in terms yeah. of, like, written dialogue, but in terms of actually a call-in show, <laughs> not so much. Yeah, that's fun. And, yeah, so I think it'll be an interesting project going yeah. forward, but one that just seems to have just have come at the right time for me on some level. And my trip, I mean, we for, for the kind of inside baseball associated with this, you and I tried to record a segment from my hotel room maybe two weeks ago, and it just failed this morning. Um, And then I uh, went to the Bay Area with my brother and had a number of quite interesting Ah, experiences. Yes. (laughs) Yes. So uh, the first thing that I've got them in kind of haphazard order, but it was very much living with a different person for a week. There was a period of time. I'm a very, very light sleeper. And that basically means that any incidental noise or a wide variety of other things will, you know, will cause me difficulty. And my brother in particular, because we shared rooms um, through most of the journey, one uh, night when we went down to Santa Clara, I just said, because we were meeting with Apple the next day, I said, let's get separate bedrooms here just so I can have a a reasonable night's sleep. Um, But I'm someone who can survive on very little sleep anyway, so I was in this strange kind of cognitive space because I haven't seen my brother for maybe, well, I haven't really spent any quality time with my brother for a number of years. Uh, What's a number of years? What is that? Well, what I mean, I've seen him years. briefly for um, within three years, and I've seen him briefly maybe seven, but it's been uh, nineteen ninety five, so okay. sixteen years yeah, since we okay. actually spent some, time spent some together. S- yeah. serious time yeah, together. Right, yeah. uh, and we've had a variety of life experiences in between. It's quite ironic, actually, that the Bay Area was the time or the place that I spent with him, because I could give him a wide variety and of he's kind of topics. He is eight years younger than me, eight and he has a friend who is just. And that makes him what? Because I don't remember how. 26? 26.
1: He's 26, okay.
0: So uh, he's just getting into the kind of dead end job phase You're of his life. Are only 34 <laughs> years old? Uh, only, yeah, my body's failing me, so. You yeah. fucking punk <laughs> kid. Okay, I, I keep forgetting <laughs> who you are. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm pretty dishevelled for a 34-year-old, um, but uh, so it was quite a curious experience. We started off staying with Bruce Stamer, and I. It was really quite a curious experience because driving up, I actually, on the flight from Reno to. Um, uh, the Bay Area, which is only about 40 minutes, we had quite a deep conversation associated with various family members, which we were effectively having in public, although in relatively hushed tones. And then in the trip to Bruce Domer, we decompressed some of my time in the Bay Area, particularly talking about my experiences with um, both Wozniak and also just the general sense of toxicity that I felt about the Bay Area uh, as a whole. And then we arrived at Bruce Domer's and that was kind of Terence McKenna psychedelic kind of although no substances were consumed the environment was very you know and um bruce proceeded to provide some uh quite curious but also quite familiar psychedelic art books that he has a specific collection i just said to him that he needs to come and stay with us so he could see some of my comparable (coughs) books and it's all very um I don't know, the thing with Bruce is that we are almost competitive with each other now. It's almost, uh, there's a kind of underlying hostility there, which I have alluded to in our previous yeah. discussions, which is actually have, quite curious. Have you because guys we
1: talked about that?
0: We're good friends. Um, no, but have it's you kind talked of curious, about that? Have
1: you said just what you said to me? Have you said that to is him?
0: someone I've... <laughs> there have been points where we've had relatively frank discussions, uh, particularly associated with... Um, Bruce is a con- kind of a, he continuously finds different people, uh, that he works with. I'm one of the few people that he has worked with consistently over a long period of time. And part of that is being sympathetic to, I guess, Bruce's eccentricities and also my own eccentricities. So, um, I think we, there are certain, for example, we had lots of bits of fun just me and him talking. For example, he has an interest in um uh, like military armor um, from, uh, this is tanks and armed vehicles and what have you. Mm-hmm. And I have a similar interest. So we kind yeah. of discovered that about each other on this trip, and he yeah. showed me why he's got a wacky neighbor that has 200-odd <laughs> tanks and armored personnel carriers, as you do in the Santa Cruz mountains, and um, mm-hmm. and a Scud missile launcher, and a wide, in fact, two Scud <laughs> missile launchers and a wide variety of other things. So he showed me the photos, and he was quite impressed that I actually knew what a, you know, I don't know, the difference between a panther and a tiger, for example, on the Second World German armory. Um, And so, but the main thing is that Bruce is just a constant talker, and he has this almost pre-programmed narrative which just goes in autopilot, and you can't interrupt him, you can't get a word in edgeways, and it really is almost... I don't want to use the term psychotic, but it verges no, on that. No, stage presence. That's all. It's just inappropriate. No no no, I mean, no, 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 no. It's more than a stage presence. Really? It's, um, it's like a continued narrative which really puts him at peace. And when people interact with him for short periods of time, my brother originally found it really quite offensive and then basically warmed to it. And for me, from my perspective, I obviously like to talk. But I also think that there is an important part of the interaction, which is a lot of you know, stuff that you and I get up to in these recordings, and that the ability to interrupt and interact and also take things off in different directions yeah. is really critical. And I find getting someone's non-stop monologue for an hour oh, when well, I'm in well, their well, presence—well, I would is, never put up with that.
1: No, well, no. Fuck that! That's ridiculous. But, uh, that's a you know. As I say, that's the exactly. thing to do uh, with a group of people uh, who have come to hear yeah. you do that. You know, that's yeah. what I'm here so, for.
0: <laughs> there were various times, For example, we went for a we went for a long walk through the redwoods, which was just basically an account. And also, he has the digi barn, which is this computer, which is really just literally a pigsty on one side, literally a pigsty with pigs in it, and an open barn that houses all this computer equipment. So it's layered with dust and none of it's really, you know, it's the kind of thing where hard disks and various mechanical things that are part of computers probably degrade very rapidly. But the curious thing about his collection in the Digibarn is that um, it's quite a curious collection. I mean, it's not really a collection that I would have put together. And the eclectic stuff that he has there, I think, is designed for, for example, he only has a few computers that weren't made in the U.S., and I have a friend in Australia who's now in the UK, actually, who has a substantial computer collection similar to the Digiban in scope, except a majority of his computers weren't made in the US. And what you find particularly curious is that there's a whole history of computing and most people in this country have never even heard of. Yeah, we need together, obviously. And the thing is, my friend is very Pax European, although he has various eclectic kind of Japanese computers as well. But his interests are certainly considerably more with regards to the UK and German uh, computer engineering. Yeah. But um, I don't know, it was an interesting time with Bruce, but the main thing was that everything was associated with the strong narrative about why... He had made the decisions that he'd made, and my view is that when people need to continuously verbally justify their decisions, it's usually for their own benefit rather than for the outside world. Well, duh. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I find really quite so. Anyway, we spent some time with Bruce, which was uh, which was good in large part. We did a lot of touristy things too, um, and then we went uh, to San Francisco. And I don't think my brother was really prepared for San Francisco uh, as much as he thought he was.
1: You have to get prepared for San Francisco?
0: Well, I think basically we went to Santa Cruz, Santa Cruz Mountains, San Francisco, Santa Clara, Oakland, Berkeley. That was the trip. And... San Francisco, they're all considerably different places. I mean, they're all almost completely different in scope. The thing that interests me is San Francisco, as it was 10, 15 years ago when I first went there, most of the interesting people have moved on to Berkeley. It's considerably more sterile and... um I don't know. I, it's not as like well, the last it's time I to, was
1: there, it was the hate. <laughs> yeah, oh, the hate out
0: there. Apparently, that's changed. Yeah. So when were you you were last in the Bay Area in the late '60s, yeah.
1: So you haven't been back since. Well, I think I no. I flew over it once on the way to uh, somewhere in Oregon, Portland, perhaps. Mm-hmm. I think it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I don't travel. I mean, I have nothing against it. Uh, being a monk doesn't afford me that, that luxury.
0: <laughs> it is phenomenally expensive, actually. And the thing that I found my, my well, brother is... not just is-
1: that. It's getting there and then getting transportation while you're there and feeding mm. yourself while you're there and housing yourself mm. while you're there. Mm.
0: Mm. Oh, exactly. That's exactly my point. All of these things are expensive. My brother kept copious financial records through the trip so he could compare how much I was spending versus him. And when I realized that this was actually a game he was playing, I made sure that I was $300 in advance of whatever he was spending, so this would never be an issue. And I thought that was a kind of comfortable older brother amount, uh, because it was really a circumstance where I didn't want this to be kind of sticking point associated with the holiday. And truth be told, (laughs) when he stayed here, it was probably about $500 in my corner versus uh is so that was one of these curious aspects of the trip and my wife kept saying to me you need to make sure that he's having a good time you need to make sure that he's having a good time And when i came back and opened the books to her she said why did you spend this extra money and i said so he had a good time <laughs> yes
1: oh man I mean, she, this is why yeah well Listen, don't come whining to me about this shit. I'm not whining to you about it at all. I, it's funny. It's a joke. I have no anyway. sympathy for it. See, I just can't imagine why anybody would spend their time doing
0: that kind of shit. That just seems... Neither can me I. Is, is just, no, look, yeah. my, my brother is pretty much himself in this regard. Uh, and anyway, so the time, the two places that I wanted to see or had interest in seeing was Mill Valley and Berkeley. Mill Valley is just north of Marin County. And ironically, we went to San Rafael, and just by chance, we went to exactly the same restaurant slash bar that I'd been thrown out of before the San Rafael earthquake. (laughs) And it was one of these curious things where we literally just ended up there. And we sat down. And they had, although the table staff was obviously 10 years younger than when I was last there, it was still run by the same old kind of tired pestilence hippie types. And um, it was basically the same experience, except I didn't drink. My my brother had one beer and then we left. (laughs) But I realised that um, if I avoid the toxic parts of the Bay Area, I can probably have a good time, which is really most of the South Bay, in fact, almost all of the South Bay, and even Santa Cruz I found a little toxic. Um, but Mill Valley I like. It's probably a bit too expensive, and also Berkeley I like. And actually, truth be told, we had a pretty reasonable time in Oakland as well, although basically we were just using it to get to Berkeley. But um, there were a few points in the trip where my brother and I went our separate ways, which was also very useful because I've been to Berkeley maybe four times, and the Berkeley Art Galleries, and really even the San Francisco Art Galleries, just aren't my scene. Uh, we went to a few art galleries together And then I just realised that he needed to have Art gallery experiences by himself uh, and In contrast I needed to have my Wandering through Have you been to Berkeley? Uh, no so, Berkeley is what you would imagine Stanford would be like if Stanford actually had some class. It really is very um, there 's a central part of Berkeley where you get out and it 's the university and it 's the homeless folk and it 's the you know upper middle class students wandering in various directions and then you head into you know what is more from my perspective Berkeley, which is a series of a variety of different styles of housing and you kind of keep on work- walking and you take wrong turns and you get intentionally lost and then I typically end up on Telegraph Street, I wander probably three or four miles around and then come back on Telegraph Street just enough time to stop into a couple of the second bookstores. I bought three crumbs, you'll be pleased to know, uh, crumbs, uh, which is one of my uh, habits in Berkeley. I also bought some life magazines from the 1960s And that was absolutely fascinating, because it showed a side of the U.S. that, uh, I I think you have it right, Heron, I think we should have, or I should have been born in the 60s or the 50s or the 40s or sometime, because it was a kindler, gentler nation in the 1960s. It really was. It really was. It was.
1: (laughs) It was much more unconscious and naive, uh, Mm. you know, but... Yeah, I mean, there were good things and bad things. Yeah, we're leaving behind some good stuff right now. Well, mm. right now. I, mean, I see this as a sort of transition. So, But, yeah, mm. you're right. The world is much uglier. For mm. more people, maybe that's it. I think probably it's always been ugly. Uh, actually, it's always been. I think it's just that America is beginning to wake up. <laughs> maybe mm-hmm. that's it. I don't know. Do you think it mm. really was? There probably is a lot more violent crime now, I guess
0: that's interesting because the stats associated with violent crime well actually it's to do with the reporting of violent crime that the lull has occurred, and that I think is probably more to do with apathy than an actual lull in violent crime. I think people have just become more apathetic associated with violence' <laughs> that and is not worth but, reporting yeah uh, they, that, you, you uh, only killed three people, Jesus, give him a break. Well, this is the thing with regards to, to do, I find this in particular in Las Vegas, we have online crime trackers that my wife occasionally looks up for our area, and um, murder just isn't a crime, it, uh, this is very much the kind of weatherman narrative of prior to September 11th, blowing things up just wasn't as violent as after September 11th. Yeah, that's, but, uh, right. You know, that's right, yeah, you really got to... Murder is... <laughs> yeah. It just doesn't seem to be the crime it once was in terms of the local papers. It is quite curious because um we do get, like low flying helicopters. This is
1: crazy. Uh, Even but, to be able to sit here and talk about this like that uh, is is
0: Well, you gotta say it out. No, you've you, got no to yeah. Start. But
1: yes, I mean, absolutely. Go ahead. <laughs>
0: The thing that struck me through this trip was very similar, actually, to my trip to Australia Mm. in terms of just realising that a lot of the negative emotions that I associated with the place related to the toxicity that I was in when I was last in the place. And particularly looking at uh, some of the houses in Berkeley and just getting a sense that if it's not even if I play my cards right, it's if I utilise some of this, I don't know, passive whatever, that basically has just been simmering for, you know, how many years, if I could retune that and learn from a variety of experiences, then there is nothing stopping me at least holidaying in that part of the world once a year. And the other thing that strikes me is that, um, I don't know, it was a very much kind of weird, strange reawakening experience, but large portion of that occurred when I wasn't around my brother. Um... But maybe that's just because I'm taking those times in my own thinking. In parallel to this, I got back and uh, finally have released the 1993 writing, uh, Field of Chaos, in currently a pre-release form, because it's got the ISBN, but I need to uh, do the final proof. But in the process of getting the ISBN, it's now also available for commercial release. And I just put I mean, I wanted to keep the paperback under $10 and I wanted to keep the electronic book roughly half that price, the electronic version, if if not less. And the thing that I hadn't factored in was actually the amount of um, money that the, like if I got it into like bookstores, for example, they would want basically half that money. So I was playing with a variety of numbers to try and keep those things still true. The electronic version, uh, people seem to be very receptive to. Uh, oh, and Kindle that's something Or something like that. Or... No, it's a PDF, actually. You pay your money and you get a PDF.
1: Okay, but means you, can, you can read it on something like a Kindle. Yeah, you can read it.
0: Well, you can read it on a, anything. You can read it, on anything. Yeah. You could read it on a Mac. You could print yeah. it out. No, on I, understand. I know what a PDF is. Yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> so it can move in all different directions. But the thing that I found curious was within six hours of releasing it, I already had someone contacting me about the sequel. They downloaded the PDF, they read through it thoroughly, and they were already asking me insightful questions about the sequel. And in what terms of could immediate, what more you
1: possibly want? Yeah. Oh,
0: Amen.
1: Well, except for more of that.
0: Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And this is the thing that it's it's. Yeah, there are, know, I don't
1: even see why you bother with paper. You know, I mean, make it there if people want to spend a bunch of money on dead trees and. Toxic inks fine <laughs> you know pay for it here they are that's my point that's exactly my yeah, point yeah, and but I here think, uh, yeah.
0: but, see I think you should uh, I think you should give away the PDF. <laughs> Well, I basically, I looked on, having done all of this, I then decided, oh, maybe I should look on the iBook store and get a sense of what people are actually charging for these things. Well, that's always and, a good idea. <laughs> yeah. I'd <laughs> <imagine> <laughs> having <that>. already priced <laughs> everything <laughs> and put it out, you know, you might as well yeah. look to see what the other smucks yeah. are charging. for yeah. this. And they're charging between up to, like, $16, $17 for electronic well, versions. Well, I was rip Fuck it, I exactly.
1: wouldn't say that.
0: I'll just pirate it. You see, this is the thing. This was my thinking associated with whatever it is now, three ninety-nine. Maybe a dollar. Yeah. You see, I can't do it a dollar. That's the thing. Of the lowest you can. I could. Get it. Doesn't have anything to do well, with whether you. No, can. you need. Well, okay, okay. So I'd need to then create the infrastructure and then work through that, or have some system with PayPal. You see, I don't want that level of intimacy, Heron. This well, is the then, thing that's. Well, then you're going to have to pay more for it. Then yes, you're going exactly.
1: to pay other people to do what you don't want to do.
0: But at the same point, I'm also doing things that I don't think other people would do. I'd much rather focus my energy on, uh, you know, working out, firstly, which blogs and uh, which online media are the right ones to contact, and also in parallel to this. You need
1: to work all that stuff out in in the beginning, you know? I mean, you've already gotten a good result. Mm. I agree. You know, you've already got, you know, within how many hours? Six hours. <laughs> okay. The, the issue yeah. is how do you get it out there? Facebook's certainly one place to start, you know. Yep.
0: Yeah, and that's certainly the funny thing with Facebook fact, yeah, is that you yeah, need... Have you, have you run an ad for that yet? So this is the interesting thing. You need to have uh, 25 likes associated with a page before it becomes a legitimate fan page. So that was the first metric that I needed to get to was the 25 likes, which mm-hmm. I surpassed within about a day and a half. For and through, through then, the book? Yeah, the okay, book. Okay, okay. And when and did then, you do this? Uh, well, I launched this book on Saturday, kind of midday. Okay, and a couple I'm of reached days out, ago, we were talking about. Yeah. yeah okay, yeah. I got you. Uh, and from then, so now it's an interesting thing because I've got this proof coming back, which I have to then approve, then it goes out for regular sale, and that's the point where I can start actually distributing in a different way. And this is where it becomes really quite curious because I start looking at how you know this is this is the thing, Heron. In terms of the stuff that we've discussed associated with Facebook advertising, associated with all these kind of metrics, I now feel the distinction between doing these things theoretically and now doing this thing practically. <laughs> yeah, there is the real not- kind of emotional distinction here. Yeah, yeah, the big it's- distinction, yeah. It's not that it has the potential to do things. I think this is the curious... Oh, the other thing I did but while I was away... You,
1: it forces you to articulate your your values. You know? And a lot of times, you know, it, it, when you actually end up doing it, you have to make choices that before you can sort of uh, shuffle over without paying too much attention to. You know?
0: Mm. Mm. Yeah, it does in some way. I guess the the first thought is, do I do some of the stuff that I've done up until now? Like, do I have a podcast, for example? Or do I utilize well, a wait, wait, blog? What is,
1: wait a minute, a podcast. What is Stone Ape? Is that it's not a, pod- a
0: podcast? It's a podcast. Okay. Yes.
1: All right. So, but it sounds to me like you're asking yourself, do you have a podcast? And I
0: no, 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 no. Do I start a podcast associated oh. specifically ah, with that As- book? Work. Ah. Oh, okay. okay. And do I make it something because the texture associated with it? And what I started doing was kind of test YouTube clips associated with it, with the view that putting in certain keywords, putting out YouTube clips, with the view that they could be pulled, the successful ones could continue on, <laughs> and I could get a sense of ah. basically how that flowed on yeah, a different. Yeah. And so, so the sorry. Question I'll is
1: leave. how much time. Yeah, now you're if you want to approach it that way, boy, you could get into a lot of research to, to mm. figure out just how to do that. I mean, otherwise, that's a big job. I mean, to, to, I'm not sure you – I mean, I'm sure you can buy your way into uh at least one shot in the limelight. But any other way, it strikes me as being, whew, you know, a gamble.
0: So- <laughs> my wife has insisted that i minimize all costs associated with this project and i wanted to yeah. go to her and say i project that it will cost this amount per month for the next yeah. how many months to do I this don't thing. do why and, it should cost you anything uh well this is an interesting thing you're right the certainly the model radio phenomena didn't cost me i mean it cost me time uh but aside yeah, time from that, is the issue. You're right. That's the yes. issue—is
1: time. Yeah. Well, time. But that's I, the thing—is money buys you time. I mean, the, but the, what really
0: counts is time. I think time is certainly well. The, the interesting thing is, you probably get better returns on time than you get on money, and that was certainly my experience with regards to the Facebook ads. Was that the money I put in, particularly with Model Rail Radio? Model Rail Radio was the most successful Facebook ad that I ran. Yeah. But Compared to the fans of Bottle Rail Radio, it was a complete waste of money. Mm -hmm. The fans of Bottle Rail... Oh, here's another experience that I had. I travelled by train from uh, Emeryville in the Bay Area to Reno. And it was the... um, I'd taken that train previously going on to Chicago. It goes all the way on to Chicago. When I travelled on that train 10 years ago, there were old men that gave histories associated with travelling across the mountain verbatim, exactly the same yeah. exactly the same word for word now. And I thought to myself, <laughs> these yes. are the listeners of Model Rail Radio. So uh-huh. I went down into the <laughs> into the galley where they were doing their announcements and I shook their hands and I said, I'm Tom Barbale. I'm the host of Model Rail Radio. I was wondering if you were both model railroaders. Both model railroaders, fifty years worth of model railroading experience. They're doing a layout for the big show that's happening in Sacramento. And we talked for about 20 minutes, and I said, Let me write this down for you com. We accept all callers. We'd really love to have you guys on. We're always interested in war stories. And you saw their faces light up. I do not have that experience with Model Rail Radio. I just put it out there, and these people swarm yeah. Yeah. to this thing. To actually see it ah, was, well, yeah. I used the term heartwarming in my yeah. uh, Facebook yeah. post associated with that, because it really was. It gave yeah. me a keen sense that what I was doing didn't. You know, was something yeah. that was independent of anything. Yeah. And that's the interesting thing is how do I take that emotion and make that thing into Field of Cast? How do I make it into this book? How do I take that same emotion? And, and and certainly I've had that response from readers so far. I mean, I think the general sense that yeah, there I are particular you can group make, of readers. I don't think you can make this happen. I think you can try to
1: do everything you can to get out of the way of it spreading. Yeah. And do whatever you can to spread it.
0: Yeah,
1: and you know, shit. That if I mean, if that's the game, man, can it can it go viral?
0: (laughs) You know, some things
1: do. You know, some things. But the interesting
0: thing about viral. viral, The interesting thing about viral is that a majority of the things that go viral stay dormant for an awfully long time before they go viral. The phenomena associated with going viral instantaneously is very, very well, rare. Well, well, that, well no,
1: there's it, it's, it's a spectrum. There's a whole range of things. The issue, yes, but that's that has nothing to do with what's going to happen to you.
0: That's just exactly. a statistical. Uh, but that's good to know all that. You're right. Yeah, my point is that if things don't happen instantaneously, it still doesn't mean that they're not going to go no, viral. And this may is certainly my experience. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. The issue
1: is whether you're so, committed to your, I mean, a large part of it is, is your own intention and your commitment to something, uh, regardless of whether anybody else shows any interest in it.
0: I think I've shown historically, even by saying that, that I'm a long-haul player with regards to these kind of things. So I think, yeah. Uh, yeah so it's, it's about it's you getting clear about what you're really committed to and then you just do that. <laughs> hmm the interesting thing is that it was an amazingly liberating experience finally putting this work out and instantly upon it going public, I just felt completely different. And what made me realize was that, um, because I would put various constraints on myself through working through it in large part to do, it's not necessarily in secrecy, but just not to be as public as I generally am. Um, It was a different kind of emotion associated with it. And also my obsession with perfection and these kind of things uh, through it kind of came through. In parallel to this, when I met, we had lunch with my primary contact at Apple. And he, for probably the first time that I've ever spent with him, and I've only spent a small amount of time with him aside from telephone calls and emails, various other things, really decompressed the whole phenomena of Noble 8 from kind of end to end which was quite curious because he reiterated what other people have said, people who have spent more time with Global 8, that this is something which is highly viable in terms of actually providing uh, maintenance income. It's just a matter of turning it very slightly without losing any of the underlying open source or any of the underlying positives, that there is so much strength in this project that it could be very easily made into something that you know would sustain me. And the interesting thing associated with that is, I've heard people say that to me previously. Particularly, I had a friend who I may describe this interaction, perhaps not in Estonia, who came over. He was a fellow I knew in the UK who's been relatively successful, uh, associated with a particular language that he, programming language, uh, that he now consults with, that pays for him flying all over the world and all these kind of things. And he said that noble ape could, you know, probably transcend the kind of stuff that he was doing if I just reformatted it slightly. Um, so this is something that I've actually taken on board, particularly with regards to rewriting the Noble 8 website, and also talking quite candidly on the website in, in kind of, you know, paragraph form, about the in, in increasing numbers of uses of Noble 8. Uh, I don't know how this thing's going to go, but I think I probably need to... The past decade in terms of just comfort in the way that it's been completely after hours is now getting to a kind of critical mass where there are enough people and institutions and companies and universities using it that I really need to kind of change it from being purely hobbyist in perspective into something that actually distills some of these many uses that it's being used for currently and potential for it to be used in other directions because people just stumble upon that through the existing website. It's not something that the website actually conveys to them in any way, shape, mm-hmm. or form. So this is an interesting project in and of itself, and this actually got me back to the spell checker because I went through all the pages that were on the Noble Ape site, and one of them was this uh, free-ing uh, spell checker that I wrote many years ago but still is maintained on the Noble NobleApe site. And I was looking through all the critical pages, uh, which I guess the Ape podcast is one of those critical pages, and how I'm going to maintain those into the future on this kind of newly formatted site. Uh, but that is still an early work in progress, but something that I think I can probably hammer out in a few weeks uh, with enough kind of keyboard time after hours. Uh, but no, that was an interesting conversation as well, and one that my brother it basically yielded, the drive to Oakland to be a discussion about Noble 8 for my brother, and we've never really talked about Noble 8. And it then kind of moved very quickly into various eccentric aspects of our family because I think the more people that use Noble 8 and also have some insight into things that have occurred in my life, Noble 8 is almost like a metaphor for aspects of my <laughs> life. And if you know that, or if you understand that, and then you kind of interact, you know, the, the toing and froing, basically, uh, which yielded quite an interesting conversation. The other thing that I did, aside from my brother, was that I, I mean, through this model rail radio thing, there are various people that have layouts that want to either meet me or have me meet their on location. And there was a fellow in Palo Alto who uh, wanted me to swing by. And he basically... And I had been to the... um, This is just like a standard Silicon Valley office park. And he's just rented out a room in this office park to build this amazingly elaborate model railroad in. Which is just like a very curious juxtaposition for me. Because you're wandering through this office park with people kind of typing in and, you know, assurance adjusters and all this kind of stuff. And then you see this amazingly elaborate model railroad... (laughs) That this guy has just built into into his office, yeah. and the funny thing with him was that his last name was Stevens, and this fellow who got me on the talk radio show was Stevens as well. But it was just perfectly chance; they're in no way related. They both contacted me within twenty four hours of each other. Uh, but no, it was a very kind of strange kind of juxtaposition of various things trip. Um, which led to a lot of deconstruction and finally left me in Reno fighting two taxi drivers because one of them had taken my ride from the other one and then my bags were left in one of them and I had to ransom my bags and a wide variety of other crazy things. Oh, man. <laughs> I realized my <laughs> holiday like had come to an end. So, Heron, have you seen the film The Social Network? Yes. What was your assessment of that
1: film? Boring... And um, why wasn't I? I never felt engaged in it. Why not? I'm not quite sure. I just thought, you know, if, he ha- if, if, it, if, if no one had ever heard, if this was a fiction story, you know, if someone had written this and made this story up, I, I don't think I would have thought it was a very interesting movie. It would be an interesting movie about an asshole who makes a bunch of money.
0: <laughs> ah, you see, this is the interesting point. I saw this film in Berkeley. I avoided seeing it up until being in the right point to see it. And my wife and I had originally agreed that we'd see it, so I then came back and bought the DVD so we could then watch it again. And my wife has a similar view to you that it's about an asshole, And I have a very strong view that he's not an asshole at all. <laughs> Oh, and and
1: listen. Let, let me uh, s- let me agree with you. Yes, uh, I I spoke glibly when I said that. <laughs> uh, no, that that's uh, one level of it. No, There's you could go anywhere you want with it. It could be all sorts of things. I just was bored. That's basically what it is. I never got really engaged. I didn't much. I didn't think anybody had any. You know, I go co- movies to me are an Yes. You know, I mean that. that not always, but I, and sometimes I'm entertained by weird things. So yeah. what can I say? Yeah, I just didn't find it very entertaining. That's all. I guess that's really my basic criticism. I just didn't have a good time or a b- very bad time. You know, I didn't have much of a time at all. It was just mm. yeah, this yeah, 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 yeah. All this is going yeah. on. Yeah, yeah. So what? <laughs>
0: Yeah. It is, the reason that I didn't see the film initially is because it is a work of fiction. And because, well, a, a well, number of course, facts yeah. are... Yeah.
1: Based on truth, on, on a true story, as they yeah, say. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah.
0: But uh, the thing that struck me was, uh, I don't know, the, the final scene uh, where they're looking out over the Boston skyline in a deposition... Is actually my former patent attorney's offices. Or patent. Do you say patent or patent in this country? I uh, always patent. get that wrong. Word. Only patent. assholes patent. say patent. Okay, very good. And, and people from uh,
1: Australia, excuse
0: me. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> or Australian assholes, more importantly. Okay. So, so, um, so yeah, the film up until that point, and also because, I don't know, there are were interesting metaphors that I think, are ones that I guess I'm deconstructing as well in terms of the second bout of writing that I'm looking at doing. Because the notion of having money and what having money means, I mean, the only reason that he was in two lawsuits with two different people was because those people had money to burn in those kind of circumstances. And I guess there were a series of things that kind of reflected on my own interactions with startups and the notion that the technical person was always the person who was going to get the smallest percentage, work the hardest, and probably end up getting screwed. <laughs> yeah. And in, in that regard, I think the film, in terms of my own experiences, was perhaps slightly more empowering than I had initially thought it was going to be. But you're right, I would agree with you that large portions of it were really disinteresting and highly revolving around... Um, Dialogue, which if you actually hear Mark Zuckerberg speak, you know he would never be capable of actually saying. So yeah, yeah it was a it was a curious thing in and of itself, what and because surprising I the,
1: that it became such a sensation. That's what I don't understand. Well, it's it look,
0: I mean, look, yeah, the, the large part of that is because people will go and see a film about Facebook. I, I think mean, the, uh, the is only a small
1: Facebook person, that big now. I don't know more than. More than, what, yeah, more than right, half, half billion that's people. That's right, a half billion people. Damn. Mm. Mm. Yeah. That's interesting and that's, thing, that's, a, that's yeah. a new mass market. You know, it used to be mm. uh, thinking in terms of television markets, yeah. you know. But, damn, that's a big market, and that is a market now, isn't it?
0: Yeah. The One of the Life magazines had a really scathing article on, uh, who's the American bandstand fellow, Clark? Dave, Dave Clark. Was it Dave Clark?
1: Oh, some Clark, anyway.
0: Yeah, anyway, the Paola scandal of the early 60s. And the oh, thing yeah. that occurred to me is that um, these things occur, they're just omnipresent currently. I mean, payola doesn't even exist as a phenomenon because well, it's but just of the way it, it
1: always did. That's the whole thing. Yeah. Just, they got yeah. all up in arms. Like, oh, payola. They got a word for yeah. it now. Yeah. And it's always been that way. <laughs> it's that way now, and it probably will be as long as we've got a capitalist system.
0: Yeah. I think the thing that struck me about the social network was probably it only struck a few chords with me based on also the experience that i would had traveling through the Bay area as well. And just recalling, you know, various areas that I've been funnily enough, my brother refused to go to a wide variety of areas that I was there. I mean, we didn't go to Los Gatos or Sunnyvale on this trip, um, in large part because I guess he didn't want to see these environments. Um, but we did have enough points in the journey, and uh, I recall that I had actually been and seen a film in the cinema in Berkeley that we went to, but I just couldn't remember which film I'd seen. Uh, and yeah, there was just a strange series of experiences through that trip, which I'm, I guess I'm not probably deconstructing very well for our listeners, or even for you. Or uh, well for you. Or <laughs> <pretty> even <much laughs> for me. <laughs> But, um, yeah, the other experience I had once I got to Reno was that um, I had to walk maybe a third of a mile. In fact, I had to walk more than that because I had to walk the night before. But I had to walk through, uh, like, foot-deep snow, uh, carrying all my luggage from one facility to another. Uh, Because I guess at the time I didn't... snow. Yeah, I didn't think it was going to be that bad. (laughs) And I just thought, I can deal with this. And I think it was insane. The main thing was when I got off the train, because there were no cabs around, I started walking with my bag, and my bag was just basically being a snowplow. And then I realized I had to actually carry it. And then it was one of these strange situations that I seemed to get into where... I don't think an American would do something like that. I just don't think... I think basically... But Most people, in this country at least, would have found the first casino and waited there patiently for a cab. I had the view that I would actually go out and find a cab. And following morning, when even more snow had fallen, I had the idea that I would, as I had through all other conditions, just walk to the facility carrying my luggage, no problem there. And then I realised about probably, it's roughly about, it's more than half a mile, so probably halfway through that this was just a completely ridiculous experience that no other human being would have as i realized that i was the only there's a lake which had frozen over partially as well and it was just one of these kind of crazy experiences where i just thought hmm yes
1: but anyway herons we want we re- to remember that you are brain damaged never forget you know, give yourself yeah. a little It's smack. interesting, this thing.
0: I think we should actually not... Um, you see, I think the nature of being brain damaged is not necessarily a negative thing.
1: Oh, I don't know. It's just a fact of life. It's not negative or positive. Every, I mean, it's just about the level of brain damage. That's the only
0: question. Mm.
1: You know, some of us are more damaged and, and, and it's possible to undo some of the damage, I think. I know. Mm. I, I've undone mm. some of the damage.
0: So, while I've been away, I've been listening to some of your discussions, particularly, well, particularly the kind of group, and I don't know, there's a, your discussions have taken a different direction in probably the past couple of weeks. This is so
1: great to get this kind of feedback from you. <laughs> you know, because I'm just in the middle of this stuff. I never listen mm-hmm. to them. I post, I, I mm. just edit and add the music to it and post it. I don't listen to mm. them. And my, my short-term memory, none of this stuff is in there. So I'm really unaware of any sort of...
0: Um, but you are realizing that you're adding on. more people to the room progressively. You're no longer having one-on-one discussions. You're oh, actually Well, I am having
1: one-on-one, but I'm also having... Uh, yeah, you're right. I'm doing both now, sometimes. Well, lately, yeah, you're right. There have been some sort of group discussions going on.
0: And I guess the sense that i'm getting through those is that you're originally a kind of radical instigator when you talk to people one-on-one but increasingly as you talk to people in groups you're almost like the normative ah, element yeah yeah that's probably yeah that makes sense doesn't it it does but it, yeah. it casts you in a very
1: different light well if you think it's I, the same person who's doing one-on-ones you'd be mistaken
0: Clearly. No, I I'm not, I don't have that illusion. Uh, uh, believe me. Uh, that's not the point that I'm making, I guess. I think my... It's not a sense of disappointment so much as just... I i don't know. I, I, don't, I don't want to use the term herded, but I do feel that um, the zeitgeist movement is having more of an effect on you more recently, and I'm not sure what the cause of that is, or whether it's just positive feedback that you are having more people engaging you, or at least recording. Yeah,
1: it's just rewarding to find uh, people who are interested in talking about the stuff I like to talk about.
0: (laughs) Mm. You know? And we had, prior to me going, we had had some discussion associated with doing this in a more open format. Yeah. And I think when we recorded, when I was in Reno or you'd send me some positive messages in this light leading up to that. I was just in the process well, I was of-
1: just saying it's something we could experiment. I mean, it's just an interesting idea to think about, you know? I mean, mm-hmm. and, and it's not impossible that we could come up with a way that might really work. But I haven't
0: got a clue what that would be, and I still don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think this is the thing that interests me with this writing, is that um, what I'm starting to find even early on, and it's only been out for two and a bit days, is that the group of people that are reading it, or at least being receptive to it, are decreasing quite rapidly as my, no, not decreasing as my friends, as more people read it, fewer of them know me, which is a phenomenon that I knew was going to occur anyway, I just didn't think it was going to occur quite as rapidly as it has. And the thing that interests me about that is that there is an ability, this is the whole notion of, do I do a podcast associated with this as well? Because one of the things that I think is really lacking with, um, well, historically with writing, is the notion of the author as being someone who is accessible. And if there is any, you know, if you're going
1: to do that, you need to put that in the in the book itself, reference.
0: Well, I put the well. You see, the the whole nature of the book is that it's um, in large part about a almost series of games that the reader has to play. And the first one is that the website is at the front of the book. So if the reader has a particular interest, then the website is at the front of the book and they will need to at least realize that if they put the website in, then they get the back part.
1: Oh, I didn't and want then to. you can do the whole thing. Yeah, exactly. you can make yeah. it available if they're exactly. inquisitive enough yeah. to, to exactly. look. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: And the thing that interests me as well is the, there's a kind of, I don't know, there's a kind of industrial... Somewhat psychedelic then into this that the people that have been most receptive to this are also fans of Alex Gray and Terence McKenna, but they typically are in their early 20s. And I think there's something about because it was the book was written when I was 17 primarily. <laughs> Is that this is exactly the mindset that is immediately in tune with this? And sure. while I wasn't a student of McKenna back then, there was certainly a number of things that <laughs> I mean, Noble Ape is fundamentally. You I've know, met McKenna, a few pride people McKenna.
1: quite recently, you know, in their early twenties. Yeah. Who, uh, you know, it's almost like hippie days. Yeah. It's amazing. It's so inspiring yeah. and so young. Have you heard my yeah. conversations with Tanner?
0: Yes, I have. Yes, I have yeah, I mean yeah. he
1: discovered Alan Watts when he was fifteen, yeah he was asking this i mean i that didn't happen to me till I was twenty one <laughs> you yeah. know?
0: That's but a- the axis this is the interesting thing though there is a kind of critical mass of axis which means that if you even had I mean, I remember asking my parents' questions about metaphysics, primarily whether I was a brain in a vat and what kind of tests could I do in order to determine whether I was a brain in a vat so I could just get this living thing over and done with. Um, and my parents were both very disturbed by that. Uh, oh, but at the Tom. Point, <laughs> at the same point... I It made me realise, you know, my father's first question was, have you been watching religious programming on television? Uh, to which I looked absolutely shocked. Uh, and um, I guess my sense is that children can get access to this information relatively easily now. And it's not just that they would... Um, this is the old notion of the Mushroom Boy, that basically children are far more capable of finding... This information than adults could ever give oh, them yeah. credit.
1: Oh I, I imagine! It, really, I'm quite serious. In in five years, most five year olds are going to have their own internet connected iPad.
0: <laughs> I don't necessarily think that will. I think the. I think what you'll find is probably more that the concepts that children who can't get access to that kind of technology have will still be the question is how much damage does not having an ipad at three give you at what point this is the interesting thing talking about the fellow at apple for example has a two-year-old who has an ipad and he Ah, was talking about (laughs) him to play music with it yeah and he said eventually there is a point where he will need a physical instrument
1: Maybe, maybe not. Depends on...
0: We talked about the kinds of instruments that he may need. For example, a guitar is very different. The iPad still can't... Well, here's the interesting thing. So, yeah, uh, we both agreed keyboard. It's strange that you would say keyboard, Heron, from your particular perspective. Why? Because, well, you have a particular view associated with the keyboard. That's right, you know, my keyboard, that's what I'm
1: saying. Your keyboard, not <laughs> yeah. me. Or any keyboard would be, the, would be oh. the obvious thing, and even the old piano keyboard, yes, that's what I was referring to, and even the old piano keyboard uh, would be mm. better than a guitar, or any mm. other instrument. Hmm.
0: Yeah, so I guess I'm sympathetic to this idea. My only concern is that there as the poverty gulfs grow even in this country there is going to be a large number of children that won't have access to this kind of technology and how do we then stop them from becoming the uh, leaders of tomorrow as was the case through the 1960s I don't think think (laughs) that's going to happen no the
1: question is whether or not they're even going to survive it's not about whether they're going to become the leaders
0: well, that's what you know that's what you and my parents believed and yet mysteriously <laughs> the uh, the people that uh, you know didn't have access to certain things did end up being the leaders and basically you know continuing well, we'll, on for
1: we'll see I listen, I, I, I don't know what's going to happen I have my bets you know I have yeah. my story about how I think things are going to develop over the next several decades yeah. you know I could be wrong But I'm still, so, until I see a better story, I'm sticking with mine. And I haven't seen a better one
0: yet. This is very interesting. So another thing that occurred while we were in Boulder Creek, which is where Bruce Donald lives, was that we went past the offices of uh, Kurzweil AI. Uh, and Bruce is quite friendly with the woman who puts together the feeds that you repost on Facebook. Ah. Uh, and I know her as well. Oh. Uh, and it's not a topic of it's a topic of occasional discussion is what the status of Kurzweil AI is at any given time and particularly now there's the Singularity University and various <laughs> other know, things. Yeah, that, yeah. You know, that move in a variety of different directions versus um, you know, the being whole thing relatively flux. That's
1: I think that's I, probably I, I,
0: good, you know, is that there are a whole hmm. bunch of
1: different entities under Ray Kurzweil that, you know, Mm -hmm. some of them don't have anything to do with any of this stuff. They're very prosaic stuff, you know. Mm. And those identities have them, and he's got all these new identities, and some will thrive, and some won't, probably.
0: Mm. It is interesting being independent of these things, but yet occasionally filtering back. I mean, Coswell has promoted some of the stuff that I've done previously, but only by chance, not by design. And it is very curious, particularly as I think about doing talk radio, and being—I'm not necessarily even anti, as well. I just think that we're at a different stage of discussion, uh, and yeah, it's a, it's a very curious thing. I think you're right. The next five years are going to be very, very interesting, uh, but I'm not really clear. Yeah, I guess it's the whole bikini TED Talk discussion, but obviously this <laughs> stuff is very inspirational to you and probably quite a few others like you uh, and many that are different to, than and you. And to
1: even more who are very much unlike me, and that's one of the reasons I find it so
0: exciting. Yeah, that's one of the things that I often find striking looking at your Facebook feed is just the stories that inspire you. Uh, because there are almost hard fractions associated with, uh, you know, inspirational science, inspirational computing, uh, cats that look like Hitler. You know, there there are like an interesting combination of things that make your <laughs> it's thing. whatever
1: happens to strike my fancy. You see, you, at you think that
0: you think that, but over time, actually, oh, I'm sure. this is good. This is why <laughs> you're,
1: you're so wonderful to have your you here to explain <laughs> me to me. <laughs> yeah this is the, because believe because, it, i don't have a clue
0: well yeah yeah it's it's interesting to think of ourselves as kind of independent statistical objects versus actual things functioning through time uh but well, it's clearly
1: not an actual thing functioning through time that that is mm. i i absolutely categorically reject that concept
0: i know i know i i agree with you okay. uh but uh, we, we are in the vast minority there, Heron. Well, but so. I couldn't
1: care less. I know that I'm in the minority. The fact that 98% of the other things are on this planet, mean, you know, we've been through this. Many, many you times. Know, what's the word I'm I- going to say?
0: I think there are sub language or non language monkeys out there as well, Heron. Let's <laughs> okay. embrace them too. Okay. Let's Good. embrace that 20 okay. to 30 percent. If I, uh, the number I is growing. Think, I, but I still you're think
1: you're just totally wrong on that. I can't, I don't, I, I have no concept of how.
0: But no, here's the thing it, you acknowledge that there is at least a solid percentage number associated with that, don't oh, you? Oh, yeah, but I think it's a tiny percentage, far. I mean, uh, but I'm all you need question. to do is acknowledge that there is a percentage number in order oh, for sure. you to actually yeah. slightly recalibrate your narrative up until now. Okay, so, so what is it I need to change? Well, you say that, well, here's the interesting thing, because out, if you start segmenting this uh, 98.2% business, and oh, well, then you start... Just, no, <laughs> listen, you can't
1: get, listen, that's just bullshit. That's just advertising. You know, I don't know what the figure is, you know. I don't care. Maybe it's 88%. Maybe hmm. it's,
0: you know. I'm not arguing about yeah. percentages. Okay. There, and right. That's not All the point right. that All I'm right. making. All right. I'm Go saying that if you start dividing wedges in there, and you start looking that actually there's some hope for this group. There's not much hope for that group, but there's some hope for this group. Oh,
1: well, I would never say, I'd say there's always hope. It's not about groups. It's about individuals. Groups don't say anything about the individual in front of you. Hmm. And any individual in front of you is capable of awakening. You don't know. And it's good to have all your theories and all this knowledge and stuff, but, you know, when you're walking into a real situation with a real human being, you really don't know what you're dealing with until you listen and observe.
0: Amen. And you need to have some pretty good exit strategies in place as well, because things can go <laughs> Yeah, and a gun or... don't hurt either. <laughs> Good running shoes and an exit plan is what I use, Terran. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, yes. (laughs) Q-E-D,
1: yeah. What's his name? Robert Anton Wilson said something like, uh, Beware the earthling primates, for they are subtle and quick to
0: anger. yes. Yes. That was one of the things that I actually enjoyed about my brother was that he wasn't as quick to anger about most things. And we could typically, we have very similar, I mean, interacting particularly with my wife and her family. I do realize that there is something, and when I say to him, "Take not taking yourself too seriously, he got really belligerent about it. Ironically, that was one of the points where he was quick to anger. Because he said, no, I do take myself seriously. I was saying, that's not what I'm saying in this context. Anyway. But, um, yeah, it is It is curious because you realize the nature-nurture element and also the fact that you're never going to be even 50% alike with any other person. So you've got to then start interacting. But it was very curious because I guess the last time I interacted with my brother, he was probably about 12. Wow. Wow. Uh, which was and the funny thing was he had just started boarding school and he really liked boarding school and my other brother hated boarding school and it was at a time where I could have looked after them and it was actually quite a a sharp shard through the you know the various adults and me was that um I lived in the same city as my brothers as did my father and yet they were going to boarding school uh but my brother pointed out that he actually really liked boarding school and he wouldn't have liked living with me. So, <laughs> yeah, cool. Yeah. So we just left it at that. Um, but I'm I'm fresh out of... Uh, I'm fresh out of... Oh, here, here's another thing. Uh, I did have one final topic remaining. So having gone on this trip and having had to uh, ransom my luggage and walk through snow and various other things, uh, and then had a flight delay for about two hours, I arrived back in Las Vegas... Slightly more irritated than normal, and I realised pretty quickly because um, there was a certain festival that I missed here, Heron. Not being a married man, you may miss this festival. Uh, but on February fourteenth, the oh, Women yeah, of America, I
1: heard of it. yeah, right, Valentine's
0: Day, yes. <laughs> so I missed that festival, which meant that oh, I went. So on so did the- I.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> which meant that I went on the uh, the site that the bad husbands go on. Uh, known as Tiffany's.com uh, and uh, tried to make up for it how much is your wife worth? Okay, uh, then yeah. you do some rash calculation and then a little how blue boxes How much box is, is your there. wife worth? Um, well, in this case about $200 Is um, oh, that all? I know it's pretty abysmal, <laughs> actually. bastard. Well, Jesus that's because I was paying for my brother's to, You know, I <laughs> had to deal with like real ah, human beings. You
1: don't need to. Never mind. I don't want to yeah. hear your lame
0: excuses. Yeah. Well, actually, <laughs> honestly, in as a matter of fact, my suitcase came back pretty full of stuff to present her at various points of the trip <laughs> as well. So I think I made up. I made up for it. You sound like but a anyway. power bird. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Welcome to my marriage life, But then um, we, we went out to um, what was supposed to be a relatively high-class restaurant, and we sat next to, we had like adjoining leather seats with uh, probably an eight-year-old boy uh, who was Thai. He was there with his mother, uh, who couldn't speak much English, and the boy had to translate for him for this kind of older... Uh, American gentleman who obviously was now the mother's squeeze and the little boy just wasn't having any of it so we kind of sat down at this fine dining restaurant to basically deal with this kid kind of bouncing over into me continuously (laughs) and after about the first half hour of this my wife noticed that I was getting a little bit irritated which is relatively rare in decent company but this thing swelled on and we kind of Ate our meal relatively rapidly, and they actually realized what was going on and gave us a free dessert to say sorry for the situation, which I thought was quite nice.
1: Um, but well, it made me realize... A handle. Someone should have restrained the
0: child. Aaron, this is the interesting thing. This is the interesting thing. i thought about this culturally, because in all the other cultures I have existed in, and probably even a number of fine dining restaurants here... The child probably would have been, eventually mm-hmm. the way staff would have mentioned it to, or at least given the mother and boyfriend a chance to restrain him. Yeah. But yeah. The, the mother was also out of control as well. That was what was really curious. I don't speak mm. Thai, but I know enough Thai to know that she was utilizing the boy unnecessarily for things that she probably could already say because she had enough English that she could speak at various points. But also the tie that she was giving her son was somewhat... There was a curious dynamic that was going on there, but basically... How old was the boy? He would have been about eight, I would say. How good was Uh, his English? Very good. He went to an English school. He went to one of the international schools. That was his mother. Ah, yes.
1: And of course, you know nothing about them at all, except your five-minute experience
0: with them. I've spent time in Thailand, and I understand the phenomena associated with Thai women uh, finding and marrying Western men, particularly ones with children. Uh, and I do understand the kind of hopelessness of a place like Thailand, but more importantly, wealthy Thai women that have to get out of Thailand, and she, in order to afford an international school. so basically there have been maybe half a dozen of these uh, people in the form of archetypes that have played out through my life previous. So I did have a kind of keen sense of that element. Uh, And in particular, how the sun was basically playing off... This is why
1: we have the zeitgeist movement, see? (laughs) This is it. (laughs) Uh, That's, that's, Uh, you know... There's no that's fine. This is how we've got to this point. That, that We really don't need that anymore. You
0: know? <laughs> we really yes. don't. Yes. Well, yeah, I, I guess the trick is just convincing even a minority that that is. Well, no, it's just, it's just
1: getting that it's not an impossible thing. Actually, well, I won't go into all that. But, yeah, it's not for everybody. But I think there are a lot of people who... Um, who have been sort of dancing on that border, you know, but it's scary because it's like it open if you actually accept that as a possibility, then there's the possibility that it might not work, <laughs> you know, and that would be awful.
0: <laughs> so, so the interesting thing is, and this came up with one of your recent discussions, that I think wealthy liberals may actually be the greatest obstruction to this kind of movement. That actually, the people that you would think in some context to be moderately sympathetic to this no, no, are actually. No, 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 no. You, no. you see, ah, no. Yeah. This is the intention to actually get this out of you, it. Yeah.
1: No, because. I, I, listen, I don't think anybody over the age. Well, again, statistically, anybody over the age of 30 is brain dead. You can't yes. hear me? Oh, you no.
0: It dropped out, and then then you came back. Yeah, Uh,
1: there are a small percentage—one or two percent—of people over the age of thirty are actually going to really deeply transform their epistemology. (laughs) You know, it just ain't going to happen in most of them. There may be more of them later as things get weirder, but right now, most adults are are just not. That's not going to happen. So the the issue is young people. And that's one of the encouraging things that I found in Zeitgeist Movement too. Is I've met several like fifteen-year-olds mm. who, who are there, and uh, you know, they are—they are, they are just—they're awesome. They're amazing. It's inspiring to hear them talk, and they're—you know—and they're—it's just, well, again, yeah, they're as crazy as I am, I guess. So is the next stage to form communities, like physical communities? I don't think that's really... Some people think it is. I don't. I I think that where we are here in the Matrix is what, what I'm interested in. The community of people that I'm getting hooked in with is from all over the planet, and it's mostly audio, and it's good enough for me.
0: But your notion of a family is also fundamentally a kibbutz, so I mean that could in and of itself oh, yeah, lend Yeah
1: that could to be community.
0: Yeah, that would be cool. That would be great. Yeah.
1: That could happen.
0: It, <laughs> I don't know what the odds are probably Well this is the thing. I mean this is the thing that interests me. Certainly what happened in the sixties was the, you yeah, know, the, one of the like things that, that happened yeah, in the 60s yeah, sure. was that that happened. And that yeah, happened yeah. for a variety of factors. Oh, yeah, it happened all over the place. It was a
1: big deal, yeah.
0: Yeah, it also assisted with the lazing of ideas, which we are doing electronically in some regard. Yeah. But, uh, as uh for, for example, one of my co-hosts at Model Rail Radio is currently in Las Vegas. And he had the experience of actually what it's like calling me at work. Now, when someone calls me at work, if I can talk to them, I have to go through three secure checkpoints in order to actually get to a point where I can talk to them. So there are literally doors that slam, walking, 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 doors that slam, walking, 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 or doors do they slam. echo?
1: Is there a big echo <laughs> oh, yeah. when the door oh, yeah. slams? Oh, yeah. It's yeah. like they're oh, steel yeah. doors. With,
0: yeah, you know, and like cement floors and yeah. steps okay. and all that cool. kind of cool. stuff. Yeah. So um, <laughs> until you actually appreciate this that. This where that, you that, work, I, huh? day-to-day life. This is the <laughs> psychology associated with it. And I guess my view is that if the communes arrive of any form that gets me out of this environment enables <laughs> me just to work basically for, yeah. feed my wife and my cats, well, then I'm go. just going to be, you know, uh, I'll be the first one on the bus. But this is another thing about Bruce Damer, is that he's set up this environment that has these little caravans set up all over his land. Not all over, he's got a couple of them currently. But he won't have anyone come and stay in them. Now, I am, as you may know from my writing here, a caravan fetishist. Yeah. I'm a caravan aficionado. I like to get inside caravans and refer to caravans that I stayed in previously and these kind of things. And when we went into one of the caravans, you know, I could have thrown away everything, moved the wife up and be living there now. We'd be podcasting from Bruce Dan's property. The interesting thing is that Bruce is exactly the archetype of this wealthy liberalism that basically he is his comfort zone is about keeping the others out and this is the curious element <laughs> well it's, like i say he's brain damaged he, exactly. he needs to be in rehab that's all yes. but um so yeah if you find that these because i'm not i'm uh, i'm not unsympathetic to some of the zeitgeist movement i'm genuinely unsympathetic to some of it uh and some of it I don't really care about. So <laughs> I think I'm a, in, yeah. in that sense, I could probably, I would consider, um, but then again, we've kind of had this continued narrative of me discovering, you know, Hobbit Hut communities in uh, New Mexico and stuff like that uh, that I'm sympathetic to. Uh, how it will all
1: turn out, Heron. Well, it's uh, up to us, isn't it? It's up to, it is. It, it's it is.
0: whatever we're going to create. Yeah yeah but anyway well i'm i'm fresh out of topics do you have anything else you want to talk about
1: well maybe we should just sit here in silence for a moment and see if anything pops up in your head or my head Mm. a little i mean you can always edit out dead space (laughs) that's not a problem you would see i'd leave it in well if it was too long i'd probably i'd edit it but then
0: everybody would know that it was edited (laughs) So I put online a YouTube video clip of some of my notebooks associated with Field of Chaos and the sequel and the sequel to that and just showing the notebooks in terms of the physical amount of text that was written over that period of time for... And this was inspired in large part by the email that I received from the woman who downloaded the PDF and was talking about the sequel just to point out to people that this is not in any way... A single work it is in fact a continuum and that was the least liked of the YouTube clips that I put online and I think in large part because it was discovered by people relatively rapidly who for whatever reason were unsympathetic to looking at these eccentric you know shelf of notebooks and it reminded me somewhat of uh, aspects of your narrative of the your the notebooks and the impact of the notebooks on your life in terms of actually just having that volume of text there. <laughs> and I guess this is something that we
1: share on some level, Harold. It's not just text, though. There's a lot of drawings. Uh, that was one of the oh, things I yes, really loved exactly. about yeah. paper, without yeah. lines. I never used lined paper.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But um, the sheer act of, I guess, distilling some of this information and in something that you put out is something that I've, I guess, been working on for the past year and a bit, and for me personally, it's something that I found actually quite edifying because there's been a 17 year gap, I guess, maybe 18 years, between actually writing this stuff and now putting it out. And yet, this is something that you talk about on some occasion, but then, I mean, what has anything changed in the past, I guess, since we talked about, which has been about two months? associated with your own work and how it's actually going to get out there because you seem to have almost changed your perspective completely through the new wave of kind of really? zeitgeist communication yeah. that you've had. Well,
1: i kind of that. Yeah. No, I think that's an interesting... I'm really I'm really glad I've got you to observe me, <laughs> you know, because... And take uh, notes. I've yeah. Been, yeah, well, because uh, I've been aware of this process, but... Not quite as aware as I am now, thanks to you. <laughs>
0: the interesting thing is that you've moved and I don't want to use this in a derogatory fashion, but you've moved almost from a scholar to a cheerleader.
1: Yeah, I don't and see I a problem between those two. I, I say, yeah, absolutely. Uh, both. Mm. It's not either or. Mm. I don't think I don't think uh, my cheerleading invalidates uh, my scholarship, whatever scholarship
0: there is. I, I'd well, hesitate I think to claim he, he's, scholarship. But here's the thing here's the thing: there's an approachability that a cheerleader has that a scholar doesn't necessarily have, and I yeah. think maybe you've softened aspects of your perspective, no, which have always act-
1: been both. It's just that I've I, I, there's, there hasn't been any need for a, a cheerleader yet. I, I mean. And cheerleader isn't really the right analogy. I don't want to use that. Okay. Um, I mean, really, come on, give me a break. There, there are probably.
0: <laughs> I was waiting till you get offended yeah, with that know, I was working
1: There's probably a more neutral word, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that would suffice. That's why All I wanted I to throw a I cheerleader out of it. What it is? Well, sometimes I I, I talk about going into uh, the English room on the Zeitgeist, you know, on the TeamSpeak server and fishing. Mm. You know, because I really do say all the time, you know, I love that place, because, as you've heard me say, because only 80% of them are morons. Mm. You know, but there are some people there that blow me away. Like mm. I say, especially I, these 15-year-olds.
0: I guess the distinction between being a scholar and a cheerleader is that the scholar maybe has a degree of planning. Associated. And this is the thing that I'm finding interesting, particularly because our discussions are really... Not even tangential to the stuff that you do um, with Teamspeak, but basically give a different degree of analysis over over some parts. I'm interested in think in you just kind of talking about the what you see the next year being in terms of your work and how you see that yeah. going.
1: Uh, I really don't know. I'm just yeah, I don't know. You I'm see, just probably try too- and be, uh, no. I'm being. Uh, I'm going to try and follow my nose. And I mean, I, yeah, yeah. That's a good because question. That's, really that's a me. distinct
0: change. Yeah. I think that's a distinct change from our conversations even two months ago. Because two months ago you had a very, not necessarily distinct plan, but I think you were um, apathetic is ah. the wrong room- Ah. You had to do a sense that there weren't as many people out there, and this has distinctly changed in the past. Oh, yeah. Two yeah. Like I say, the,
1: the TeamSpeak server is has become an immensely important part of my life. Absolutely. Mm. I have met a half a dozen people, maybe more, some of them who have already been reading Science and Sanity before we ever met. Mm. You know? Uh, and people who are interested in this stuff. I mean, I, it's, it's very rare for me to find people who respond to the kinds of things I say on that server when I'm in my sort of scientific mood or whatever, <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, to respond positively to that kind of stuff and come back and want to talk about it. Yeah, that's a, That's something really new and really exciting.
0: Yeah, there was always there was always the element of the non-returning conversation, and you've certainly broken on that in large part recently. We're well, the, no,
1: it's always been there. There have always been a couple people, but but yeah, I think the trend looks really good. I mean, it seems. And you though, attribute this to the current film? Oh no! Oh um, no! Well, partly. I mean, that brought in a bunch of new people. That always helps. Yeah. So that's part of it, sure. No, but it was already starting to pick up before the film came out anyway. So, I mean, I've been following the trends on my downloads for a while. And, um, you know, it's been going up for a couple months now.
0: Do you think there's potential for you to be either approached or proactively go out to folks in the zeitgeist movement to contribute to the next film?
1: Um, well, the thought has crossed my mind. I've written to Peter Joseph a couple times, uh, but does he respond? No, I haven't heard anything back from him.
0: <laughs> so. The point about it is that you may actually, through your communications and connections, grow a greater. There's all sorts. there's yeah. all
1: sorts of very interesting possibilities out, and I'm open to anything, you know. Mm-hmm. And 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 basically, in in one way, it really just gets down to. I mean, a, a really sort of ego maniacal desire to put my own ideas into the world, (laughs) you know.
0: I I guess what I'm saying is that perhaps if this is the form that brings people in and you're having very positive experiences, either through the movement or independently, I mean, you are now generating a, a, a kind of enough cohorts where you probably could put together or at least flesh out some... Script seems to be the wrong term, but at least some idea. No, I agree
1: with you. There's something beginning to take shape, maybe. I think it's way too early to worry about articulating it mm-hmm. myself. Although it's mm-hmm. good to hear you say that though, because mm. uh because I, I agree with you completely, but I'm like I say I'm I'm slow I've been through you know, I mean, I've been through a whole bunch of shit in my time, and I'm conscious, mm. <laughs> you, know, uh, you know, not fooling
0: myself, mm. <laughs> you know. It's interesting because when I reflect on particularly the academic writing, it's always come, I, I guess I always have a kind of backlog of writing anyway, as this 93 Field of Chaos writing shows. That I've always had some, like um, <laughs> some text in the chamber, so to speak, to mix metaphors, um, ready for uh, for these circumstances. And I don't think the the same holds true with regards to the stuff that you've done. Um, but it is a very curious phenomena. I think we, yeah, well, I've we got always...
1: stories. They're not they're not written on paper, mm-hmm. but th- I probably have thousands of well you you know what I'm talking about I've probably got thousands of little stories or storiettes and <laughs> when i'm when i'm uh on stage is what is, is one way of thinking about it mm-hmm. is it's like a one man show almost I can and i but I can pick from these stories that I've been through a lot of times you know and respond to who I'm talking to, but do it really i mean with words that I've actually worked out you know. And if I've got thousands of them, it's not like people are really all that fucking unique, you know. <laughs> you know? Mm. Most people, are, you know, are subject to the same language, the same cultural problems and, and all that, you know. So it, it's, um, it's not that different, really, from person to person. God, that's yeah. horrific to say, isn't it? Everybody it's wants to be such thing. an individual. <laughs>
0: well, you see, I mean, this is, this was my experience over the weekend with talk radio, that the, I was able to answer questions in a way that indicated, at least to the host, that that there was more to it than just the answer that I gave. I mean, the, yeah. with wit and layering, I was able basically to kind of... I don't know. The, the term they used was artificial intelligence expert, which I just thought <laughs> dirty. And I tried yeah, to contradict yeah. it, and then I just was like, uh, oh, you know. Never mind. Uh, yeah, never mind. Um, but I guess. How about the, artificial intelligence doodler? I don't even <laughs> like the term artificial intelligence. It's not even a term that I'd use. I mean, yeah. this is the. Yeah, thing. you're, right, you're so, right. The whole thing is silly, yeah. Anyway, so. But um, what I did find was giving answers that were completely unexpected was actually the way to go oh, of course, and yeah and I haven't yeah, well, that'll
1: them. tell you right away whether they're actually listening or not
0: but very much so <laughs> you know that is a very good uh, and yeah and also how um how hard they're thinking about what you're yeah, saying right yeah whether they even because because the are the speed paying of attention or not. well no 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 but it's the distinction between because if people are immediately receptive to what you say their reaction will be immediate if yeah. they take three yeah. to five seconds, you can also hear that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Uh, and that I mean, was something that I... the uh, answers are great. I use that all the time. Yeah, <laughs> very much so, very much so. So, yeah, I, I guess my... I mean, the funny thing is I listened to... Uh, the, I needed uh, wireless access to download most of your stuff when I was on the road, so I really only had the opportunity to kind of do heavy bouts of listening in uh, uh, the hotel rooms, particularly while my brother slept when I couldn't sleep. So, for example, was the fellow's name Aki? Oh, yeah, right, yeah. That whole interaction I just found, because there was a period of time where clearly you were both just freewheeling. There was yeah. nothing going on
1: there. Yeah, it was okay. Yeah, but it was okay for a while. But when I wanted to get focused, I was sort of playing with him. You know, it was yeah. kind of fun.
0: <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, there was an element like that, the kind of slower kitten and the faster kitten. Yeah. Uh, kind of playing with one another. But, uh, yeah, it's interesting because I guess I my preference has always been your one-on-one discussions up until recently. Yeah. And the thing that's getting to me now is that you're actually approaching the form completely differently.
1: Well, it's, well no, see, it's, it's not me at all. It, it's The difference is whether it's one-on-one or whether it's a group. They're entirely different species of uh, of reality. The minute you get three people involved... There's no focus, and and uh, or at least the focus is so complex that it, it's uh, impossible to really see it. And if you put four in there, uh, you know, sometimes if there's a moderator or a, you know, I mean, you can give it form, but uh, I don't usually like to do that. I don't want to dominate a group like lecturing and stuff. So. If if I'm not doing one on one, then that's a whole different universe going on there.
0: Hmm. There is a strange kind of paternalistic element that does come through, Heron, and particularly when yeah. you have like two or three other speakers. It is really quite curious.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not. I'm a little uncomfortable with that myself.
0: Yeah. Uh, it's funny because talking with you one on one, you can see that, but when. Uh, I don't want to use the term headmaster, but there's almost that kind of quality. <laughs> yeah, I know, you know, I know.
1: Listen, I, <laughs> listen, I struggle with this. Uh, but I, I, can't, I can't let my second thoughts about this shit get in the way anymore. Because I really do think the work actually is useful. Mm. I do think that if children raised, were raised uh, knowing the five stupidities of English, that they would be better, more conscious, more intelligent human beings. And we Mm. need that. Mm. So, you know, I'm uncomfortable with this, but I've I've been uncomfortable with... I've always been uncomfortable anyway, so that's nothing new. So I'm just going to have to learn how to be uncomfortable with that, I guess.
0: Mm. (laughs) The only circumstance which hasn't raised itself currently, but the only circumstance which may be curious is when you encounter someone for whatever reason that you initially discount, who then comes back and actually shows you. But I mean, obviously, you have a sufficient degree of humility that show, I think wait, you could. Show, show, I
1: don't understand. It shows, shows you that,
0: that they are people of merit. I mean, you you judge you have a judgment, a relatively hair trigger on your judgment calls associated. Oh, of with course I people.
1: do. But you can listen. If you've got anything on the ball, you'll call me on it immediately. Mm. And if you don't, you're an idiot.
0: Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Oh, uh, yes. Sir.
1: Well, like I say, you know, there isn't time to pussyfoot around and deal with all these maybe people, you know? So I would agree. I would agree. Well, the funny and thing actually is- that's my call, too, because there are plenty of people. Out, that's one of the things I'm learning is there are other people who are willing to be patient with people and work with mm. them. I'm not, <laughs> mm.
0: for the most part. So my wife has had two weeks off from me. And aside from receiving occasional gifts and various other things, we used FaceTime actually quite a bit while we were um, – oh, yeah. Cool. While I was traveling. In fact, I showed her Bruce Damer's place through FaceTime, which was and really how, and cool. And
1: what do you think about that? I mean, is that cool technology? Is that oh, like something I think that you really like? Very.
0: It's very cool. I yeah. think it's funny because it's um, something which I originally thought was quite kitschy, but the ability actually to yeah, literally walk through do it. Yeah, Yeah. actually do it. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's funny because she was here, so I could you know, see around the house and see the cats doing their usual stuff, and, you know, it was very much like I was there, and it was quite reassuring, Yeah. yeah. but um, my wife, upon my return, made a number of points about how it is actually living with me, and how I guess my experiences with Felix almost, Felix is my brother, I haven't used his name up until now, almost um, provided a kind of mirror of my own existence, particularly the uh, intensity, which unfortunately doesn't stop when these recordings do. Uh, and I think that's something that I've reflected on, very much as you were reflecting on with regards to the schoolmaster nature, that um, I'm quite comfortable with it. Uh, and You're the quite funny thing. You're comfortable with what? With the way I am. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, and all uh, yeah. speed talking and everything and all. And I, um, I'm not sure if I talked about this. I don't think I've ever actually put this out in audio. But when I was in the UK for about three months, I took antidepressants because of the weather and a wide variety of other conditions, and I was in a bad job and just surrounded by an asshole boss and a variety of other things. And it completely changed the way I thought about myself because I, for a period of time, was able to sleep like a normal human being, talked a lot slower. I physically felt my brain slow down. I physically had the feeling of my brain actually losing time when i started uh, taking this course of antidepressants and when i stopped taking it i realized that i wasted way too much time worrying and obsessing about things and that was the practical use of the chemical through that period of time in my life but the thing that i really understood was that the body chemistry brain chemistry everything that makes me me in terms of Writing, talking, what have you, is really fundamental. And with a small amount of simple, you know, chemistry in terms of antidepressants, it changes everything about me and I didn't like it. Uh, but I knew that I could learn from it. And I think it's a phenomenon that people don't really understand. Particularly in this country, antidepressants seem to just be prescribed bl- blanketly from very young children all the way through to It's not even a domining, it's a, uh, you know, being able to deal with the toxicity of the society fundamentally. And I think it's very curious that we have these, um, I don't know, uh, not necessarily even texts, but we have these persuasions which are so fundamentally part of our existence but can easily be perturbed chemically. Uh, And then the choice is, do we want to perturb them chemically or do we want to uh, continue with them? Uh, which in and of itself is relatively narcissistic, I would think. But then again, as you define with regards to the schoolmasterness, um, is fundamentally part of us.
1: I hardly, you know, I'm speechless. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think the, yeah, this is, um, yeah, it's, it was amazing to me because a wide variety of things, aside from sleeping, just kind of fell into line with regards to normal humanity associated with just a very small amount of antidepressant for a very short amount of time. And as soon as I went off it, I then had the realization of the before and the after, and then what I could actually do to change through the period of time. For example, I was just wasting way too much mental energy on things that I had no effect on, yeah. uh, and just dropped all of that and put a lot more energy into creativity and Things that I could have effect on.
1: This is as a result of the chemical.
0: Yeah, the small yeah. dose of antidepressant yeah. for a small what amount of take? time. I can't. Even, I don't even think they gave me the name. I also stopped drinking alcohol over that period, and I didn't start drinking. I, I, I experimented with Prozac. Hmm? Uh, I had
1: a, I had a friend who was a psychiatrist, and so I asked him to write <laughs> me a prescription <laughs> for Prozac.
0: How bad can it be?
1: Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, I re- i don't take drugs unless I do a little studying first, you know, so... How
0: long were you on it for? Because
1: that's an important thing. It takes thing
0: a to... while. No, I was on it
1: for like two months. Okay. Yeah. And nothing, you know. Nothing? Not, not a thing. Didn't wow. do... Well, I mean, except for the sexual stuff. Uh, but but uh, as far as changing my outlook on life, yeah. you know, or feeling anything different, no, nothing at all. Wow. Disapp- big disappointment. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I'm just stuck a depressed old fuck.
0: <laughs> it's funny because um my yeah, my experience with antidepressants weren't that I got happier, I just got more normal by yeah. perceptions of normality that were external to yeah, me. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's well, see I was I, listen I read listening to Prozac. I don't know if you've read hmm. that book or no. anyway, it was the book that sort of Put pushed Prozac into the popular press, and you know, and and made it a topic of conversation. Well,
0: yeah, I don't. Know yeah, what, what I what I was on was vastly, um, vastly less effect than Prozac would have had. I'm not even sure what would happen if I had taken oh, something like that. Yeah. it was literally just trace dose stuff, which almost made me feel that it was almost like a placebo. Um, to get me thinking about myself, but there was I, I could actually. Well, yeah, that's feel. the
1: question, really. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, the whole distinction between the hardware and the software starts mm. to get a little fuzzy, you know.
0: It does. It does. <laughs> it. It was. Yeah, but I think it was a great learning experience for me. And coming from the Bay Area, actually, it really was an important step in me realizing what was toxic in my life. Um, but yeah, I think these things that intrinsically make us. When I was um, in the Bay Area I knew a woman who I went to school with and she was doing a PhD in some uh, biomedicine. I can actually find she had me diagnosed with a particular condition that uh, resulted in lack of sleep and a wide variety of other things that I had the symptoms for. I need to find what that term is and do more investigation on that because I think she would. My investigation at the time, but I, a lot of these things are appallingly difficult to actually diagnose. I had a friend in Australia who would read uh, psychiatry textbooks and underline the symptoms that he thought. Were, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, think there, there may be an element Uh-oh. of that with a soul. Well, know? Yeah,
1: that's one of the symptoms, isn't it? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. But it did strike me that, the, that, um, you know, a dozen of these things that she said uh, were, I, I clearly had. But at the same point, I just, yeah, it's well, a funny thing.
1: it's like thing. me becoming sort of at home with my
0: uh, OCD. Hmm.
1: You know, it's mm. I'm just damned lucky that I got what I got, <laughs>
0: you know. And I got hand washing, yes, Heron, we know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean,
1: it's just, I can't, I you know, I can't imagine life without it, really.
0: Yeah.
1: It would be a very different, well, it would be somebody entirely different than me, that's for sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's what I found with only a very trace dose. So, yeah, it was strange to me. And are but you it's...
1: still taking it?
0: Oh, no. Oh, no. No, I took it for three months and then told. I've had various experiences with medicine that are supposed to be taken for longer periods of time where I've insisted that I be taken off them. Yeah. I see. I guess I'm hypersensitive to some things, and if I see certain effects no, on myself. you
1: can get off something, man. Get off yeah. it. Yeah, you don't um, want it... to. Yeah, that's just a good general principle, I think. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. I I don't think I could have this conversation with you and be on an antidepressant. I don't think I'd be able to actually uh, link the uh, yeah. <laughs> the concepts quite as dynamically. I don't feel left. bad. Even Watson couldn't do that. Yeah. <laughs> so, but uh, no, it was an insight because I had that conversation with my brother, and I've had that conversation with very few people about the things, particularly when you interact with me, like you know, stay in the same rooms and things like that. That. Um, yeah, I don't really turn off and on. This is one of the curious things. Bruce Dahmer had like half an hour where he woke up in the morning, and I'm wide awake when I wake up. Yeah. It's just like, you know, here I am. Yeah, My wife finds it quite curious, actually, because I now know after 10 years of marriage that I can't have a perfectly lucid conversation with my wife first thing in the morning. I need to allow a certain amount of time for her to wake up because yeah. irrespective of the way I am,
1: yeah.
0: other humans are completely different. That's
1: right. Uh, How are you late at night?
0: I I I don't sleep very well at all, oh, Aaron. Right. I yeah, basically right. keep on. Okay. In fact, I recently found that my site had been hacked. I have, you tried, have you
1: tried melatonin?
0: I mean, it doesn't, work with, me. th- no, okay, it doesn't yeah. work with me. No, it doesn't work with me. And um, the thing I find is uh, even sedatives don't typically work with yeah.
1: me. Well, maybe you so, don't need that much sleep. <laughs>
0: <yeah>. <laughs> you know, yeah. there was a case of a woman
1: uh, in England. I. I I don't remember all the details but she'd had insomnia for years and uh, she finally went to some doctor and who he told her to get up and do something yeah. you know and it turned out she only needed like 20 minutes a day of sleep yeah. she needed that 20 minutes if she didn't get that if she didn't when she got tired she laid down and she'd go to sleep and if she just got up, she could get on going, you know. But for years, she struggled against that. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> you know. When I first met the uh, phone hacker, Captain Crunch, also known as John Draper, but he didn't sleep, and he literally didn't sleep. Yeah. And
1: it was very. Well, I mean, curious. never, or I mean, you, I mean, so okay, so for like um, five minutes a day or something.
0: It's, no, no, no. no. It was kind of curious because I wasn't in a heavy sleeping period either through that period of time. Um. I think it was part of just his general nature. Um, yeah, he did get into periods where he slept. In fact, yeah, I, I um, yeah, there were periods after that period where he slept. I'm not sure why he didn't sleep when he was in Australia, uh, but it was quite curious because I'd get telephone calls at three a.m. where you know, <laughs> completely lucid, have a conversation with them, yeah. put the phone down, and go back to sleep, uh, and I think almost he started calling me because he knew he could get a good call. Yeah, right. (laughs) And he could rely on the fact that you'd
1: probably be there.
0: Yeah, I'd be there, I'd be talking, and and, yeah. And um, it was quite curious because the nature of those calls were typically about very strange things. um, And they were almost dreamlike sequences for me because, and I had this with my wife as well, where even though I sleep lightly and, you know, sometimes walk, She'll have a conversation with me, and then I'll go back to sleep. She'll go back to sleep. Uh, but the, the whole thing with the crunch situation was just, it's 3 a.m., the phone's ringing. It must be crunch. Hi, John. Let's have a conversation. Yeah. Hang up the phone. You know. Well, you uh, were a light
1: sleeper anyway, so that was fun for you. It didn't make any difference, right? Mm. I'd be pissed off. I'd tell him if he called me again, I'm going to break his fucking leg. <laughs> mm. You're, well, yeah. The nice thing is, you're just a much nicer person than I am.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I don't
1: know.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. Yeah. I guess I've had. Um. I remember one time when I was living in my mother's house in Australia. I got a call at five a.m. and I was the first to the phone. And I had a conversation with a person for about twenty minutes, and then said to them, "I don't know you. I can't pick you up at the airport. I'm sorry, we've had this conversation <laughs> 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 because I was just like, oh, Mark, how are you? Oh, you know, we, we're, we're talking to this conversation. And then it was just like, this is actually really embarrassing. And I was like, realizing that how do I actually conclude this conversation with this person just waiting? And that's
1: literally what you said? What did yes. you say?
0: I said, I'm sorry. I, we've had this conversation. But I don't actually know you, and I can't pick you up at the airport. I'm sorry. And then you, did you hang up, or did
1: you wait and, and, and see what he had to say about that?
0: He was kind of speechless for a period of
1: time. <laughs> he probably thinking, oh, oh come on, Tom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, it, was, it was part of a series of quite strange telephone conversations I had over that period of time. Uh, but, yeah, it was one of those curious examples. I've just, I guess I appear lucid to myself, but whether or not I am actually lucid is another thing, which may be, in fact, the same scenario that other people have where they are awoken first thing or these kind of things. But also just the nature of sleeping lightly. I do need to have a heavy sleep after maybe between three to maybe even up to ten nights. But if I have basically no sleep for three nights in a row, then I'm going to have to have a proper sleep. Um, I mean, you're serious. You can you can go th- three nights. When I broke up sleep. with I, um, when I I was dating an Orthodox Jew when I was 17 through to 20. When that whole thing just collapsed, and I realized that she had uh, been sleeping with some pudgy Catholic guy, and I'd been being <laughs> a good Jewish boyfriend, learning Hebrew at al. Um, I didn't sleep for three days in that circumstance, because really I was reconstructing every... For example, her father called our house when I was 17, demanding that my mother check my bedroom. I was asleep at the time to look for this girl. And she had actually been out with this fellow at that time. And so I basically reconstructed my entire life, now actually understanding that I'd been extremely naive and realized that she had actually (laughs) been using me pretty heavily from you know, from when we first started dating. Um, Well, that's
1: one way of looking at it. You might have been using her on
0: another level. (laughs) Well, the funny thing is that the pudgy Catholic guy called me up and complained to me that he was just having mindless sex with her and I was having good conversations, and he felt left out. So (laughs) I said, look, if you've got the skills, you pay the bills. I mean, what can I say?
1: Uh, young love. Listen, it's all a form uh, of insanity. Uh, it d- is. Luckily, completely. I outgrew that one. That... Yes, and I got married. <sighs> <laughs> but uh, so, well, circumstance. Remember, I mean, it is a good thing for some people. It really is, and let's just hope. Parent,
0: young <laughs> love, or insanity, or all of the above, all of the above. Let's just throw it out there. Yeah. 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 But, um, so I think we've covered a number of additional topics here, Heron. What, what else would you like oh, to talk I think talk we're about? just getting started. Ah, you always think this. Well, yeah. then you throw a topic no, out No, there. actually, I don't think that at all. <laughs> uh, I was just
1: <laughs> fucking around with you.
0: Yeah. Well, I hope this is made up for bad recordings and lack of time. and we'll Oh, need yeah, to this fun. is the way it should be,
1: you know? Uh, I still can't imagine why the hell anybody would listen to this drivel. You know, but what the hell? banality
0: heck? of it all. Yeah, the banality- you know,
1: but there's, for some, there's still something in it for me. I'm, I'm not quite sure what it is, but I keep coming back.
0: Mm. So my wife insists now that every podcast I appear on, I mention Field of Chaos, all one word, .com. And because when I appeared on this talk radio show, I didn't mention that I had a new book out called Field of Chaos, my wife said to me, you appeared on this talk radio show, and you didn't mention the book. I was just like, nah. So anyway, no, no, feel of
1: cast. Okay, you've said it three times now, <laughs> actually, and several other times during,
0: uh, I think, sure. your full But not that. mentioning the .com address. So, um, But, yeah, aside from that, you need to have something that you shill in the future as well, Karen.
1: Uh, I think I probably will, uh, but uh, the time scale is still elusive to me. It, uh, I just still don't see all the pieces of it. But I, I'm optimistic that the pieces seem to be uh, moving towards each other, so we'll see.
0: Very good. Very good. Well, until next week, Karen, it's been an absolute pleasure as always. Thank you,
1: Tom. Talk to you next time. Good night.